Countdown music slap. Yo, it's a bouncy tune. Every time I'm like, but nobody can see me dance. I don't think it slaps. I think it just kind of like lightly snaps. Yeah, it's like it's a snap not, bracelet. I liked it this time. <laughs> uh, I liked it this time where it was like the numbers were in black and then boom, oh. around 21 seconds. Full, full uh, contrast. Full disco. Um, yeah. All right, what's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're joining us for the Sunday morning weekly comic book discussion show where we will review this past week's comic books. We have some letters to get to, but first we're going to do the intros. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, owner of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Behind me, or uh, uh, below me, is uh, Chuckle McFucklesticks. Len, what are you you giggling about? I don't know, all of a sudden this... Feels like the PBS version of yeah. Spoiler Alert. I don't know. Just, hey, everybody. Hey, hey, yes. It's a magical time here. It's Spoiler Alert. <laughs> <laughs> I will never stop being delighted when Noel hits the GIF, the GIF buttons. What's up? Let's, let's talk some comments. Let's do it. Also, with me this week is Noel. Hi. Hi. Um, I feel it's. It, I feel like it's been four or five weeks. It's since been we just five did weeks. <laughs> since we did just like a Sunday morning, just talk about comics. So it's happy to be here because I realized yesterday too. Even the last show that you guys had, I was not. So this is like my first time back in a month. Oh right! Oh, Very welcome true. back! Yeah. And with us uh, also, that looks like freshly out of the shower, Brian Lieb. <laughs> You're right. You're right. This is my freshly out of the shower uh, uh, special edition. That's not true. He's he's got a bucket of lukewarm water next to him, and he just like wets his head yeah. every yeah. yeah no five the shower. Yeah. That's yeah, right. that's that's how he showers. Shower. <laughs> my shower. I wish we had. I wish he had like uh, like one of those clear buckets of ice with a camera at the bottom, and then like every five minutes he just dips his head into the ice bucket. Yeah. <laughs> You just see Brian. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, letters. I uh, pre- the pre-mentioned letters, the aforementioned letters. Uh, there's letters. only one of them. It's letter singular from uh, Homer Sexual, longtime friend of the show, Homer. He says, "Hey there." So <laughs> this week's issue of Hellions sees the smiley robots controlled by Cameron Hodge rebel against him and befriend Havoc. Only to be wiped out by Psylocke, who is acting under orders from Krakoa. Yeah. The last page is a policy statement that all AI must be destroyed immediately by any mutant who encounters it slash them. Yes, another complete step. Oh, another step towards the complete villainization of the mutants. It seems like Marvel editorial actively wants the readership to be anti-mutant. I wonder how Wanda feels about this policy, having been married to Vision. Oh, that's a good question. Mm. On that topic, I want to see WandaVision so bad, but I refuse on principle 
to subscribe to any streaming service beyond Prime, which I've had since pre-streaming days, and Netflix. There are just too many services. IDK, who could afford to have them all? I wanted to watch The Stand, CBS All Access, Runaways, Hulu, Titans, and Harley Quinn, formerly DCU, now HBO Max. Are there people who actually get all... Who get all these services? All the aforementioned services. <laughs> uh, there is so much good stuff. Well, I think, but I can't actually see it that I'm missing. But there are like six streaming services, if not more, competing with each other with new ones keep coming. Is this model sustainable? Hmm. Sorry, not exactly a comic book topic, but close. Uh, yeah, I have all. Let's see. Uh, okay, oh, I, I don't. I think I canceled DCU, but I have HBO. Oh no, I don't have HBO Max because I'm using Noel's HBO Max. Because I have HBO Max, um, and I'm using still... my friend Julia's Hulu. Uh, I think we're playing for CBS and Netflix. Nope, nope. I'm using my friend Tink's Netflix. Oh, so I guess I don't pay for all these. I only pay for like one or two of them. Yeah, so you don't uh, count. No, conversational. <laughs> Listen, dude. All you have to do is none of these have. 12 month commitments <coughs> just roll your subscription dude so for like two months have disney plus pay five dollars a month for that and then cancel it when your show's off hmm. and then go to the next one and the next one and the next one like you could you can hop from service to service now what'll likely happen and you may know yourself is that <laughs> you'll start keeping them because you like what they offer and it's not worth it for you to keep going which is what i do so like like uh something like cbs all access we were only going to keep it for Star Trek Discovery and then turn it off for however long. It's a nominal fee mm-hmm. and we kept watching stuff. So it was like, cool. And then Apple sent me a notice saying like, hey, do you want to bundle this with Showtime for $2? Like, ah. sure. So it, it's just kind of, it's a snowball rolling downhill. I know it's not much cheaper, but we use all the services and we just drop the ones we don't. There's no, there's no like weird cable style punishment if you leave early it's just a streaming service that's true cable was a bitch you would have to and like we you have to wrap it all together with all these other services Mm -hmm. and yeah and pay for the sports fee whether or not you ever watch sports yeah Yeah. just only pay for what you want to watch when you want to watch it then get rid of it and then move back and forth like also alternatively borrow your friend's logins (laughs) because you know here's the thing here's the thing i used to feel bad about it i was like oh i don't really want to do that I was hesitant. I was like, ah, it feels kind of like stealing. And then I read uh, somewhere, I don't know if it was HBO or Netflix or somebody. It was one of those streaming services, and they were like, nope, that's what we want. That's fine. You're totally allowed to share your logins. They limit it, but they were like, nope, we're we're totally fine with it. Do it. I think Netflix is the only one that's okay with it. They're like, because Disney definitely tries to find out again. HBO Max is like, "Mm, just don't tell us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't ask, don't tell. Weird. Yeah, well, me. like they've got pro- they got profiles, so they they invite right. people to share. Right. But the ones, but but they're like, your logins for you. The profiles are for those in your household. You know, like. Whereas yeah, Disney Plus is just like no. And th- I say this nope. counts because I live within the household of Noel's heart. Yeah. There you go. Ah, well, I mean, I think that's the majority, in the bylaws of the majority. Of stuff, yeah, the majority of things in the room I'm sitting. Uh, originating <laughs> from you. Ah, that's or a good, a, a good, a good, that's a good point. portion. So, like, I feel like you post residence in wherever I live, like, in some yeah. fashion, which is... And also, even in, even in, a, in a bigger sense, I think all of us as a community live in whose house? Run's house. Run's house. Yeah. 
See, my viewpoint of it is, is this. Now, I only borrow one person's login. And that person, who I'm not going to say, because I'm smart. Um, <laughs> Before the FBI bangs down their door, <laughs> you give back that Netflix. Listen, we were just watching Spoiler Alert with this. I, 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 want the, I, I want the FCC to actually contact me and be like, hey, stop sharing. Like, okay. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. The login, that I, the login I borrow is this person's cable login for those apps that, you know, if you have the cable, you get it for free. So mm -hmm. I borrow their login for those apps. So that's how I'm able to watch certain channels apps it's on the, my Roku. The NBC, the... Like well, well, I use it for Turner Classic Movies and for okay. basketball to watch TNT, uh, the basketball TNT. Um, so that's why I use it. But outside of that, as far as like the streaming services, Netflix, Amazon, and all of those, um, even though I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get rid of Hulu because I've realized I don't watch anything on Hulu. Um, but where my conundrum is that as an artist... I feel like I'm not supporting the artists who are doing original content for those streamers. And if I was, if I was a musician, I wouldn't want anybody illegally downloading my music. And then as an artist, I wouldn't want anybody illegally using my art. So I, as an artist, feel weird about, you know, getting their stuff for free. So I'm, I try to just be judicious about the ones the, the streamers that I pay for. See, that's what I thought, but then I saw the Wait. thing where they were like, it's cool, do it. So I Wait, like, oh. what you are paying, you get this many logins. Yeah, counterpoint to that, though, if it's if we're talking about streaming, so, like, illegally downloading is literally, like, stealing a file for yourself and keeping it, but if we're talking about streaming, a lot of these artists are paid based off of how many streams it gets, not how many logins are in. That's so true. You sharing your login and to 10 people and all 10 people streaming all of that, that's 10 streams, that's 10 clicks to the artist, and that's what their, their royalties are going to get paid out for. Oh, that's so actually, so interesting. I yeah. feel like support services overall that you use, but if, it, if it's a, a question of am I screwing the artist, no. The company is screwing the artist normally because the streaming rates are terrible. However, just viewing their content or listening to their content is practicing. And that is also my, my argument as to why I don't get like, uh, you know, the, the, um, the, the, the code broken or however you say it, fire yeah. stick that I a agree. lot of people get. Oh, the jail, the jailbroken. Jail jailbroken. Yeah. That's what I, I couldn't think of the term. Yeah. yeah. Um, fire jailbroken. That's, that's why I'm one of the like 10 people who still support hard media. Like I go to the record shop and I buy mm -hmm. from record shops or I buy from online record shops because I want the hard media. Not I'm using the word, word wrong word. Um, physical media. Physical media. Physical. Not I like, like hard cards. media. I only hard buy. Media is good. I only buy erect media. Um, hard. Rob, media. Throbbing, throbbing media. Um, Just so yeah, pulsating I know what you're media. Yeah. What about the first half of his commentary oh, the, about the, the stuff? mutants, AI, kind oh, of well, thing? I didn't, I'm not reading it, uh, but it does seem like yeah. the X-Men, I mean, we've been saying this since Jump with uh, Hickman's House of X, Powers of Ten. 
the X-Men are a little creepy, right? Like, Professor Xavier is really creepy. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember the Beast was acting in such a way that all of us were kind of, like, scratching our beards a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm not surprised that the mutants are being positioned this way. See, I also am not reading it, but I remember we read an issue of Iron Man, and there were some very, like, anti-AI sentiment. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just from what that... Yeah, and uh, and and the way that he was describing it in this letter was like it's like an anti AI sentiment, which to me strikes me as kind of shitty. You know, it's well, kind it's, of it's, like a, a sentient a sentient life form. You know, well, it sounds it's, like they're building up towards uh, mm. an event. It sounds uh -huh. like they're yes, seeding yeah. the things of like, uh oh, here comes an AI war. Right, right. Yeah, this whole this whole era of X Men has been based off of we've always been. We've always held supremacy in every way, so let's actually flex it. It's not necessarily villainizing them. It's just uncomfortable for us to see because it's a different tone. I, I don't know if they're the villains, but they are very protective and they're and they know that they're almost superior. Yeah. You know, like I actually think it's pretty cool. All right, anything else before we move on to this week's books? Yeah. All right, let's friggin' do it, y'all. It was a week. I'll tell you what. Mm -hmm. um, Let's see. Oh, and thank you, Homosexual. Thank you so much for writing in. If anyone else wants to email us, you can go to, um, you can send your emails to cultpopgo at gmail.com or just comment below as we're chatting and you'll be part of the conversation um, if it's pertinent to the conversation at hand. So um, <laughs> some people will just be like, hey, what about Wheaties, y'all? Um, Dark Knight's Death Metal number seven from DC Comics, written by Scott Snyder with art by Greg Capullo. DC has this to say about it. The song remains anything but the same as... <laughs> the song remains anything but the same as the house lights start to come up on DC's biggest, baddest battle for control of the multiverse. The darkest night is on the verge of ending this concert once and for all, but Wonder Woman has more than just a greatest hit plant mother... <laughs> the Amazonian warrior stands ready to shred the darkest night solo... This extra-sized finale issue includes not one, but two mind-blowing epilogues that lead directly into the next phase of the DC Universe, and no fan will want to miss that. So, I'm going to start us off. Um, we, I was enjoying Dark Knight's Death Metal. Uh, you know, uh, we went back and read Metal. We enjoyed that. Nolan and I did, at least. And now it's like, ah, Death Metal. What big, crazy fun. In the first issue, Wonder Woman created an invisible chainsaw out of her material from an invisible jet and she chainsawed the, the darkest night and i was like finally that guy's dead and of course he wasn't and now at the end of it i have to say it seems like much ado about nothing uh when when you know in here i couldn't help but chuckle when they said the song remains anything but the same but to me it's a cover song that we just keep hearing over and over and over again since crisis on infinite earth my takeaway of the DC universe seems to be Crisis on Infinite Earths. We're wrapping up all of the universes into one. And now, later, we're going to, oh, uh, we got to expand the multiverse again because people miss the multiverse. And then we're going to have another crisis where we, you know, funnel everything back into a, one universe. And then we're going to have hypertime so that everything still exists. Hypertime means everything exists. And then we're going to have the new 52 and we're going to have rebirth. And now we're going to, which we already have a multiverse, yes? 
And now the goal of the multiverse, or out of Dark Knight's metal, is we're going to have a, an omniverse. What's bigger than a multiverse? It's an omniverse. <laughs> what if we had more multivi? Versus ver multiverse I. See, and, but I always thought it was weird that they only had 52 universes in that. Yeah, I mean, that was a weird number. It was like, why Why isn't it one or infinite? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I like that they got So I guess part. it's, yeah, all they've done is open it up from 52 to more multiverses. And it just feels like the same thing over and over and over again for no good reason. Because hyper, someone explain hypertime to me. For my, my reasoning, hypertime is all of it exists, right? Yeah, hypertime. Yeah. See, that's how I see it. Is it was like somebody came up with the idea of infinite universes. That was cool. Somebody who doesn't think that was cool was like, let's get rid of that. And it's this constant. So I'm on the infinite universes is cool side of things. So I, I see it as like, ah, they took away our infinite universes. Ooh, they're coming back. Ah, somebody fucked it up again and they took it away. Ooh, they're coming back. You know. I, wait to, to answer your question though, hypertime to me, hypertime is just that. Um, in each universe or in, in every dimension, time ex like flows in its own way. So you can hop dimensions and it's 40 years in the future or 300 oh. years in the past. So hypertime is really just kind of every universe is in its own kind of bubble of space and time. That makes sense. Well, it was so after it's never the parallel. Come sequel. And yeah. when uh, the, the Superman and Wonder Woman's kid is like in charge of, she's like watching out for hypertime and... But I think narratively, it was just like, well, we're back to the multiverse. Yeah, yeah you know, and and also to like to 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 piggyback on your on your points. Yes, this is this was an anti-crisis, which is what they told us at the very beginning of this effing series was that it's going to be a reverse crisis where every crisis historically just kind of like consolidates a multiverse or creates a new smaller contained one. This one's just gonna blow all that up. So like infinite crisis on infinite earths consolidates everything. Infinite crisis makes the fifty-two. Um, Final Crisis saves the 52, Flashpoint rejiggers the 52, <laughs> and then... Multiversity? Multiversity was just like a map of... Labels the 52. Yeah, that, that was just like a map of, yeah. yeah. Which is a great series, everyone should read that. That was fun. Yeah, I like Multiversity. Um, uh, just... But this was, this was just a way of saying everything that happened before happened now. It was It's an anti crisis right so like instead of consolidating everything we're just going to try and figure out a way where all of it matters so everyone stops bitching and i was I... super into it as far as that goes like i was as far as like where does this leave the dc universe and everywhere yeah and um i assume and i think we talked about this offline that there would be this is their device to say Writers can pull from anything, and over time, it'll kind of, like, sort itself out as to what the continuity is, which is what happened after Crisis on Infinite Earths, too, as much as they might not have done it on purpose. You know, it took a while to kind of consolidate and gel into what it was. But as far as, like, here's where we got the DC Universe to, I was all about it. Um, what's that? Uh, JD is holding up something called Invisible Man. And yeah, that's for lens benefit. No, no, it's, it's for not. it's answers for Robert Monroe's for the oh the Robert Monroe commented. Uh, have you guys read Ken Quattro's <laughs> Invisible Man, the Trailblazing Black Artist of Comic Books? It's an incredible read that. that expands on our knowledge of comics art history. Interesting. Is that Blue Beetle? The original Blue Beetle is on the cover. Put the, put the um, JD. Put your screen full screen so people can see it. Please. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's a very cool book. It's uh came out recent, fairly recently. Yeah, like about a month ago, maybe. Yeah. Is yeah. The, uh, one of the creators or the creator of 
the blue beetle is a is a black creator? I'm not sure. I believe so. I believe that I believe the artist uh, oh, see. was. And he's um, a golden age. I mean, that was that was real early in uh, in comics history. Yeah, and the guy in the yellow jacket is um, I forget the character's name, but he was in Negro Comics, which mm-hmm. is actually printed here in Philadelphia. Um, yeah. Yeah. Would you say is or what? This is like an older thing. Oh, it's older. Yeah, it's oh, okay. Like, yeah. It's like long, long time ago. Sorry, I didn't mean to shut the show to stop the show. I was just giving it to to Robert Monroe to show him that we have the book. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. At forty three twenty seven Main Street, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, if you can't make it, willing to ship it. That's, That's true. true. That's true. Um, uh, uh, continue. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just that was a lot of what I was watching this series for anyway, and I unexpectedly enjoyed the way that it was told and some of the newness and fun of that had worn off a little by this time. You know, like the aesthetic of it is not really the kind of thing I usually get into, but I've was it was into for this and a lot of the parts were cool so i didn't i wasn't like blown away by this finale although i did think it was good and there were a lot of cool moments like um uh batman's trick with the with the not keeping his ring on his on his finger i thought was a cool thing or etrigan's uh rhyme which is (laughs) clearly the word uh there once was a man from nantucket right right um, I thought that was done well. You know, Etrigan can, can be tricky to do correctly. Um, but yeah, I liked where it ended up. And so on that, on that note, like I was, uh, I was fully behind Dark Knight's Death Metal, the series and number seven. Nice. Yeah. No, yeah, did had, you like it? Yeah, I liked it fine. Um, I, I think just like the other one, just like the first one, it'll read better just as a, a big old slam bang mm. trade. Um, because it's so, it's intentionally convoluted, um, reading that in issues monthly. Now, to its credit, this came out as scheduled. Um, as an event, like, they, they baked in a skip month, but it's it came out as scheduled, and there was tons of ancillary titles and tie-ins that also came out as scheduled. So this was how it was designed. It's just... It's such a convoluted and all over the place story by design that I think it's going to read better as just one big sit. But I mean, it. it uh, what was it uh, the the other week when we were talking about, like, or I, I forget where I've had this conversation. However, something is successful if it achieves what it intends to do. Hmm. So this met that threshold. It achieves what it intended to do. And that's it. Like some things go above and beyond that, in your opinion, right? This was just this was just cool. Like it was really pretty art, well done. It was fine. I liked it. Hmm. I don't know if I agree that something is successful if it achieves what it is intended to do. I mean, I don't. I don't think anyone thinks that one more day was successful because it unmarried Peter Parker. Unless I'm mis- misreading what you're saying. Um. So if you go in to watch a, um silly action movie if it if it if it brings you explosions and bulletproof humans it achieves what it intended to do and your itch is scratched gotcha Mm -hmm. that's okay yeah we had it i was i was at a different read on what you were saying yeah Yeah. not Uh, not logistics like intention len's been quiet (laughs) i'm not saying anything i read the book um as i was uh, told to do. 
and um, <laughs> I started on page one. I made it to the end of the book. Uh, I completed it. Uh -huh. I completed the story, and um, I'm ready to continue. Okay. <laughs> it, it, look, it, look. Like you said, as far as I was concerned, and I'm pretty sure I said words to this effect when this started. Yeah. This will all end and mean nothing. It will, it will either move to the next big thing or it will be nothing because it will fall so late and you won't know where the fuck it's supposed to be. Do now, to Noel's part, good point, it didn't end late. It, it, it stayed on schedule. God bless it. So, and the art... It was kind of fun. It was a big convoluted mess. And maybe if you read it all in one, it'll be a fun convoluted mess. Mm -hmm. Yet a mess is still a mess that leaves something for you to clean up. And that is what this book will do. And at the end of Future State, they will then have another event to clean up the mess of this. See, my, I don't, I don't see it that way. I think this was kind of, you know, I was real excited about 52, the, you know, the new 52 when it started and the reboot and everything. And that excitement waned, looking back, relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. And I've been kind of waiting for them to undo that stuff mm -hmm. and, you know, hoping that they would. And they have done that in bits and pieces over the last several years. And here, I mean, I see that, like, it looks pretty done now, you know? Um, and and I, I think it... So it did accomplish something. It Not necessarily the story itself, but it's as an entry in the larger story of the DC universe, it, you know? It didn't... It, but, it, like, there's a read on it, though, that it didn't fix anything. It just allowed everything. So, like, hmm. uh, Len, you're saying, like, you know, if it ends, it's just going to either be nothing or so late that it doesn't matter... Nothing meaning in this case, everything like their solution to this problem was make everything exist that ever has been. So in a way that in a way that makes it a very passive finale, because it's like, don't worry, everything matters. It's OK. Mm. Like there's no real perspective to it other than you get all your toys back. Yay. Yeah. So but I mean, but that's like that's a big win. It's cool. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, having read, uh, and we're going to talk about a bunch of the, or a couple of the future mm -hmm. state books, having read those, they have absolutely no bearing and no purpose in relation to death metal. There's no connection whatsoever. So right. when well, people are like, no, it leads into future state, no, it doesn't. There's literally no thread whatsoever. Not even a well, there is. one. There is. Oh, sorry. There's they there put there. a tiny paragraph of, 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 uh, of ads kind of copy. Well, no, I mean, I think it explains exactly, like, how you would experience it if you were living in that universe, is that as things settle down, there will be flashes of potential futures and sometimes even the past. There's no story whatsoever. In. No, I mean, There's but no, they say... And, and this was supposed to be a longer initiative than just a month and a half or two right. months. Right. So even if we love these books, cool. Well, they're, I think, I mean, like... They're probably not going to go anywhere. I think, like, Batman and Wonder Woman are going to end up in main continuity, is my is my supposition. Well, I mean, the so the spoilers, the end of this book, Wonder Woman is taken off the table. I think that's the main thing that's going to uh, get hmm. 
that's that's going to follow through. Other I than that, I don't know what else I think uh, oh, I yeah. thought in a good way for once. Like, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, they died or whatever. I thought it was pretty cool how they had her, like, yeah, uh, she, kind of go off to help with this new sort of... I liked their reasoning she, of these creators, creative entities. Although I thought calling them hands was kind of lame. But... Um, she, she ascended. Yeah. She ascended like a like yeah. a god. She ascended. Which I thought yeah. was actually kind of... That's new. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it also is like, she could be back whenever. You know what I mean? It's not like a shocking, sad finale to it, a sacrifice. It's like she goes off to do some other thing. I'm hoping, so like the um, the other Wonder Woman Future State book, Immortal Wonder Woman, it's supposed to be Diana at the very end of time, I believe. Oh, interesting. Um, that sounds cool. Maybe that'll tie in thematically to her ascending. But, I mean, whatever. I mean, I also don't really see it as any kind of failing of this series that future or of future state that they don't have that much to do with each other. Like oh, no, no, no. I'm, talking about, I'm, you know. I'm talking about the narrative in geek culture that this follows up into this. There's literally oh, okay. no relation whatsoever. It's just the next box to check. Yeah, it's like, not, these events It's not a continuation are... of this story. Like, no. hey, I love this. I can't wait to read the sequel. No. No, it's no, not at all. totally different things, yeah. Now I am interested about this time, the the team uh, at the end. I think that's kind of cool. The like Luther and Martian Manhunter and and them who are the vanguard of like heroes and villains who are the vanguard of this new. Uh, it, see any any threats you know incoming? Yeah, um, I'm uh, I'm triggered by the word totality. It. Oh <laughs> yeah, what I'm is triggered that? Triggered by what? Um, the word totality. Oh, because that was that, that was like the all of Scott Snyder's run on on Justice League, Justice League. like oh, the, that's totality. Right. the totality, the yeah, totality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, why do you guys think it ended with a shot of the Justice Society, which thematically that's, doesn't seem to fill in? But I think it was just like this is the biggest the missing piece from what was. Oh, you think that was the other? No, it says it's Earth I mean, Zero in nineteen forty-three. For now, we're calling it Elseworld, and then the very next shot is them in World War Two with the yeah. I, I mean, oh, to me, I, that I thought those were complete jumps. No, called uh, it Elseworld, and then they show like they literally pan out to it, and then, oh, I mean, I thought it was. I thought Earth my Zero impression was that Elseworld. that was uh, that was the 1943 of the main DC universe, and that it was showing like because the JSA not being around was the oh, big okay. interesting thing. Uh, sure. That was how yeah, I took it. Right. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, did I mention that this was a bit of a convoluted? My favorite line in here is on, on the screen right now where uh, Wally West and Barry Allen are squaring off and uh, Wally says, you should have stayed dead, Barry. And uh, Wally or Barry says, you're not Wally. You're just a bad idea. <laughs> and as someone who does not like what happened to Wally West in the past yeah. three years, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty bad idea. Uh, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad that that has been wrapped up. Yeah, but Wally is not right. It's not wrong. Barry should have, sh- he uh, should have said Wally, yes. Wally is actually completely wrong. But uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, think- guys. I am not. I this may surprise you. Uh, I love the Wally West Flash later on, and I would have been totally fine if Barry came back, but wasn't the he was like this uh, kind of removed entity that would sometimes be a mentor or something like that. Yeah. But I love Barry Allen, and I like him being around. I mean, Wait, even, they, if they, even if they made him the new Max Mercury type character, where he yeah, was sort yeah, of a yeah. guy who just shows up here and there to, like, yeah, help out. Yeah, like he's a living energy being doing something elsewhere. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. 
Did uh, did everybody? I, I know it wasn't on the assigned reading, but who read the the Future State Flashbook? Oh, Not Jesus! Yet. I, I did read that. Because I, I want to punch it. If you if you're worried about Wally being a bad idea, I mean, public uh, like the publishers want to just say fuck you. Like, I, I don't I don't understand the the it's Future so State. Bad. The Future State Flash was uh, honestly horrible. <laughs> yes, it is. It's yeah. so bad. It's actually one of the one of the only ones that um, it was the only one that I sent a screenshot of one of the bits of monologue to Noel and was like, "Would you look at this?" If only my heart can hear it too. Like, oh, you read um, that to me too. I, yeah, <laughs> oh, quite awful. Impact. There were there were two there were two um, feature state books. One that was just incredibly boring, and and then the Flash one that was just incredibly bad. But other than that, this yeah. ill conceived as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Hey, uh, Action Figure Expert asks, "What would you guys say that there is a difference between reality and universe? Uh, For the purposes of DC publication, no. Yeah, they Wait, they, no, no, they no. intersperse universe and reality all the time because you're with you traverse universes. Wait, dimension in reality? Yes, universe. I mean, they could just travel in space to another universe, right? Yeah." Yeah, um, I would tend to see reality as being the larger term in a in a conception with a multiverse. You know, there are many universes within reality. The way that the question was asked, it made me think: like, do they mean when, like, from a publication standpoint, like you're yeah. in this universe yeah. versus this universe? Is that a different reality? Yes. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. the Ultimate Universe and Six One Six; those are different realities. Yeah. However, in each reality, you could travel from one universe in the cosmos to another universe in the cosmos. So, like, publication terms, I feel like it's a different reality. When kind of like in universe. Death Metal, where there's, like, local multiverses. Yeah. And they all yeah, make yeah. up the omniverse. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. I'll say the one thing that I thought was interesting was the, the difference between crisis energy and anti-crisis energy and how crisis energy yeah. is selfishness. Mm. And basically it's a commentary on the, uh, I don't know if it's comic readers or more specifically just the comic industry and how crises are very specifically designed to fix now. Uh, mm. And we're going to dis, dis, um, we're going to dissolve everything that happened before Mm-hmm. for now. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like that kind of idea. I never really thought of it like that, of like crisis energy is selfish energy and anti-crisis energy is like, no, here's everything for everybody. Inclusive and welcoming energy. Um, there was a, I, I don't know if you guys read it because it wasn't in the assigned reading. Uh, a couple weeks ago, the, the the death metal tie-in Secret Origin, which was the one shot all about Superboy Prime. That was great. Yes, well, that was a spectacular it. issue. And it actually deals with that sentiment. The idea that he was essentially just like all crisis energy, this selfish fanboyism, and then how they kind of dealt with that character in this new crisis and, and ended him, which is almost like a weird button on top of all the times Jeff Johns used him hmm. in all of uh, his books. It was, I, I really, really like that issue. And actually, Jeff Johns co-wrote it. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to Thank another you. book. It's going to be... <laughs> Future State, Next Batman, number one, by uh, written by John Ridley, Paul Jenkins, and Brandon Thomas, with art by Nick Darrington, Laura Braga, and Jackson Herbert. Gotham City has always been dangerous, but now it's downright deadly. Following the tragedy of A-Day, the mayor allowed the private law enforcement group known as The Magistrate to take over policing so-called masked crime. And that has given rise to a new dark night. 
What is this mysterious crime fighter's connection to former Batman weaponeer Lucius Fox? The fight for justice has never been this dangerous. Then, in a new tale of the outsiders, everything in Gotham City may be under the thumb of the magistrate, but even members of the totalitarian force known as known know that the outskirts of town are protected by the sword of Katana. Ride with the Dar Arkham Knights on their quest for freedom. Arkham Asylum has been decommissioned and the magistrate rules the land with an iron fist and zero tolerance. Now it's time for the lunatics to take back their town. Follow Killer Croc, Two-Face, Phosphorus, Mr. Zaz, Clayface, and Astrid Arkham as the Ast Arkham Knights raise holy hell on the occupiers of Gotham. I will say, uh, the first two stories were great. And then I didn't give a good rat's ass about the Arkham Knights uh, storyline. Um, yeah, I would say, uh, what do they call it? When something goes down, uh, diminishing returns. Mm. The first story was great. Uh, I think undercut severely by the fact that it is played up as a mystery as to who the new Batman is. Um, specifically giving you a red herring. And then uh, DC Comics was like, Hey, the book is, book is out in two weeks. Here's who it is. It's this guy. Uh, so that was cool. But otherwise, uh, yeah. I really enjoyed the first storyline. What'd you guys think? I did not see that reveal of who it is. So uh -huh. I have my suspicions from Great. the content of the story. But yeah, yeah. Um, I liked it. I, okay. So I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I uh, forgot to get back to... I stopped reading after the first one, and I forgot to get back to the, to the two you're backups. Good. That's cool. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're good. I liked it. And you guys know, I and all of us love Nick Darrington. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was really good. It's And I thought this from the first time I heard that he was going to be on this series. I was like, it seems like a little darker than what I like, the work of his that I like best. Yes. You know what I mean? The, um, his best work is kind of like indicative, I would say, of the... Um, Mr. Miracle covers with the very vibrant mm -hmm. colors. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and even the Batman that he did in Superman Batman or in Batman Universe was like outstanding, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's very bright, you know, it's very brightly colored stuff. And so I, I think, you know, it still looks phenomenal, but it's not, um, it's not the kind of like top entry that, uh, I normally expect Nick Darrington to be. However, that being said, the story was really good. Um, you know, is, uh, these things are always a little they're a little difficult because you have to introduce this brand new character and status quo and know that you don't have that much time. Like there's only going to be a few issues of this, whether he makes it into main continuity is a different thing. Um, I think the, uh, the costume design is cool. Uh, and I like the line Batman is on one of the gargoyles of Gotham city. And he's like, you know, I don't know how the real Batman ever. It's like, nah, check that. I am the real Batman. That was, cute. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm intrigued. I'm I'm brought in. I'm hoping this dude's going to become the next Robin. You know, the uh, the uh, Bane gang guy. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. I didn't think about that. Yeah. See, I I disagree with your read on the art though, because mm. like while I do agree that Nick Darrington, as far as certainly with my introduction to his art, has been more on uh, in brighter confines. Um, I you know, when I heard that he was going to do this, I was like, all right, I trust him. He's a good artist. Let's see what he can do with this. And I actually think that his art is beautiful in this story because I think he can still draw reality, 
but he has infused along with the colorist let's give the color the colorist some um a sense of pulp and noir to this story that is fitting the vibe that the writer john ridley has written for the story so i think that it, he is proven that yo just because you saw me doing this doesn't mean i can't do this and he uh, and he brings it i i actually appreciated his uh his artwork a lot i i enjoyed the story um yeah jd's right you know like there's the little mystery in there um and if you read the solicitations maybe you have an idea of what's coming who knows the solicitations could be a red herring as well this they have done that before as well so i was reading it saying okay it could be this it could be that i'm along for the ride to rock and roll look at that look at that beautiful scene oh my yeah. god it's fucking gorgeous yeah man. Uh, um, yeah I, I, too, uh, I may have been misunderstood like this book looks great everything that i was saying was like uh, but what else could I be looking at Nick Darrington doing and some other more gloomy artist could be doing this book? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, but I, but um, but, I, yeah. but to that point, I think that he is doing this well enough. He, he, he doesn't have me mm -hmm. thinking like, oh, this might be better served in somebody else's hands. He, he looks well suited for this. You know what I mean? Let me credit um, the color before we get further. It's Tamar Bond villain. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And, and, and like you mentioned it, and I keep trying to just squeeze into like the color's name. So, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, definitely. Um, but like the case in point, um, I'll, I'll throw out there real quick. My favorite artist of all time, George Perez. I could I could see George Perez. I could see him do Legion of Superheroes. Great. I could see him doing Superman. Great. I could see him doing Flash. Great. And if somebody said that George Perez was going to do Batman, it would sell because of his name. But I would know that no matter how good it looked, it would be better served in somebody else's hands because that's not his strong suit. You know what I mean? Nick Darrington, it's, to me, is pulling this off well enough that I don't need to, need to see anybody else um, in on this book. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I, I don't want to break it to you guys. He's just doing the one issue. Oh, no. What? Oh, Look at the solicitations. His name is nowhere oh, else on the other three issues. Come on. Why would you do that? Well, uh, that's fine. Then I will read this book and then I will move on. Because, <laughs> I mean. I mean, I, I was compelled enough by the story, but yeah, I was ahead. Um, it, he's only on issue one. That just kind of sucks no matter who it is. Like, have yeah, a true. single story, you know, a single artist for um, the story. I'll look at, yeah. I'll find out who the other artists yeah, that's are. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, one of my. Problems with this overall issue is a consistency problem. Um, if you look at the Gotham City that's on the screen right now, it's a very specific looking Gotham City. And then the next two versions of Gotham City that we see oh, in the subsequent storylines. Um, uh, backstories, yeah. Very different Gotham Cities. And I remember, <laughs> you know, back in the, was it early aughts maybe, they had a whole new redesign for Metropolis. It was like a futuristic, mm -hmm. brainiac version of yeah, Metropolis. Yeah. Everything was futuristic. And there, there was like, a layout that all of the artists had and they all it was consistent that is not done here it's just like ah draw a future gotham whatever it looks like to you is fine so yeah um yeah uh, all of these futures aren't existing on the same timeline by the way like all the what? Futures are future state yeah all the future state books this isn't like a coordinated effort <laughs> they're just all futures God, no. No, oh. because they all deal with the magistrate, don't they? 
Oh, no, only like three. Well, the Gotham, the Gotham things deal with the Magistrate. The yeah. other universes. Oh, oh, he's, talking so about yeah. the, he's talking about in between the books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the, the Wonder Woman book is not necessarily, like, she doesn't know who this Batman is. Yeah. Right. Like, they, it's like, it, to make it even more confusing, they're, they're, they all have autonomy to either connect or not connect. So, it, ah. and they're not explicitly saying otherwise. So, it's like, this Fuck might you. relate. Down with this that. might not relate. I'm totally. I'm fine. Not, I mean, if you have a concerted effort with an imprint, you kind of want there to be some sort of cohesion. But it's, not an imprint. it's not an imprint. It's a two month Future State is an imprint. It's, it's a two-month imprint. Blazoned on every single issue. That's true. It's it is. connected. I hate it. I mean, they told you at the end of Death Metal, you will see flashes of different possible futures. This is what this is what it is. I mean, that's, that's great for people who read that issue. Um, also, I'm, I'm just going to drink uh, every time I have to say convoluted. That's convoluted. Yeah, I, yeah, like when you, I don't. When you that is not the way to, to connect. That's convoluted. Not a way to bring in readers. Now, I will say, I did like the Outsiders story. It definitely this is cool. Yeah, it was great. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. I, 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 I dug it. I did. Yeah. And, I, and I, I, while I agree with JD, like you said, their design of uh, Gotham, this is not the Gotham from the first story, even though it is technically the same Gotham. Um, I rode with it, uh, and I just like the, the art was like. The art's great. Cool action and. I was with it. I, it. I had a lot of fun with, with so, that. The last story, I didn't care at all. I think I read two panels. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I, finished it. I finished it and I already forgot it. Same. Uh, yeah, this art, I don't know how to say this. Sumit Kumar is the penciler uh, for this Outsiders Future mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. the coloring Sumit is Kumar, really great too. God damn. It, it's got a pulpy feel to it, the way that they, they did the coloring. Like it's 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 they're clean lines, but it's got almost like a raw pulp feel. Yeah, I really like the way they sort of did this old boy um, mm-hmm. hallway fight down the mm-hmm. stairs and everything. Oof, this is great. Yeah. So, like, my, uh, as a reader, I'm kind of trained to to be unimpressed by backup stories because usually they are ex- they're backup, as right. in they're not they're not a games. They're just like trying out things, right? Yeah. Um, Especially in comparison to the, the main issue. So I read this with low expectations. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. I would have just read this in its own thing. And then I got that third one. I was just like, oh, this is more of like, this is more backup speed. Well, part of me was wondering, because a lot of this is coming from the now defunct 5G initiative mm-hmm. from Dan DiDio, Um I wonder if some of these were supposed to be their own stories. Probably. But now, because because yeah. now they're now it's been rejiggered into future state, they are uh, backups. Now, so I I've wonder. got the artists for the next ones. If you guys want to, great. Uh, Emanuela Lupacino. Oh, I yeah. like her. Um, Him. I like them. Her. Great. Emanuela. Uh, Anek. One name. Laura Braga. So I think is Laura Braga this artist who did the Arkham Knights. I think so. Because Laura Braga is a beast, too. This is really nice artwork. Yeah. Yeah. It's good it's, artwork. I just didn't care about the story. It's very sort of and like Dave one... Eaglesham without all the steroids. Yes. Who's your name? I don't really know. Jackson, Jackson Herbert and Sumit Kumar. Oh, Sumit Kumar. Great. That's the one yeah. we were just talking about. Awesome. Oh, then I, I wonder if they drew that one at the end, actually. What? I think I saw Jackson Herbert's name on that Arkham Knights story. So with the backups, what they're doing too is that a lot of these backups are are only two issues long. So this series is four issues long, but the backups, the, the continuation of these two is 
every other book. So part two of these two backups are going to be in issue three of the next Batman. Hmm. Okay. And and then they're going to introduce two other backups in the next issue. Oh, I'm sorry. I was misspeaking. Um, Laura Braga is not the artist. It's Jack Herbert is the artist that I'm talking about here. Yeah, I thought I saw I think Laura Braga is a a colorist. Isn't she? Uh, I don't know. In the credits, I I looked it up really quick and it was, it just said artist and then it's got inkers and colors. Anyway. Now, I wonder if, you know, uh, a lot of what set DC apart from, like, post-crisis and in the 90s and early 2000s was their, like, legacy, right? And you had Wally West and Kyle Rayner and that. And one of the things that was really missing from the New 52 was any sense of history um, in the in the storyline. And I wonder if 5G was intended, somebody's idea, maybe Dan Didio's or maybe somebody else's, to... Well, let's jumpstart legacy again. Yeah, like, I mean, five G stands yeah. for fifth generation. It was explicitly supposed right. to be the fifth iteration of this legacy from from Jump. They had a whole timeline of every generation of superheroes, right. which is why and I was really was excited about fifth. it. So, see, and I wonder also, like, was it going to be in the future, or were they kind of going to like? I doubt they jumped the entire DC line for any length of time, like years long into some imagined tenure in the future. They were, they were, so apparently they were going to age up the main three. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, Wonder Woman was probably going to ascend. Uh, they'll age up Superman and Batman. And then mm-hmm. you've already got Jonathan Kent baked in. Right, right. Um, you've got this next Batman. Like, so they were going to just kind of like cascade or, or jump in time a little bit. And I wonder if it was going to be kind of like pushing it the other way. So that like now in our present, Superman has now been around for 10 years longer than he was last issue. You know, like that kind of thing. That would uh, be cool. Yeah. Let's move on to Future State Wonder Woman. Uh, let's see. By Joel Jones, who I like very much. Deep in the heart of the Amazon forest lies a hero of mythic legend, Wonder Woman. But in the absence of Diana, Yara Floor has risen out of obscurity to protect man's world from the magic that lies within it. Along with her trusty steed, she journeys to the underworld to rescue one of her Themyscirian sisters from the grasp of Hades. Will she unleash the wrath of this god in the process? You won't want to miss this first appearance of a character who will change the history of Wonder Woman forever. So I like that she is an Amazonian of a different sort. Yeah. The Amazon forest. Yeah, yeah. um, Which I think is kind of cool. Um, do they call like, themselves do, like do the indigenous people oh, in that it. area? Yeah, like where did that even come from? Calling it? No, the Amazon I was just River? making the connection, the word connection to Amazonian. I don't think. That oh right, and, and it is cool. That was just an idle, an idle wondering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think um, they're making it up, Brian. What? How dare? Words are made up. What? Well, I, I think I think DC's making it up too, so it may not make sense. I thought they received these stories in dreams from another world. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, they do. But hey, it's okay. As long as you know that Santa Claus is real, everything oh, will work out in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you guys think of this? Uh, Len? Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it a, a, a lot. It was a lot of fun. Um, I liked them thinking outside the box going to the Amazon, uh, Amazon jungle. I like the person of color being uh, uh, a Wonder Woman of a sort. I like the remix of the Wonder Woman cost, you know, uh, costume. Um, uh, and 
I like the fun they had. I really had liked a lot of fun once they had to like find their way through hell and going through like the you know like the whole like uh, airport to hell or whatever you want to call it. Um, it was it was just. It was just fun thinking outside the box, a fun comic. It's beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful comic. You cannot knock the artwork in it. The storytelling was clear and concise. Um, and I don't think it took itself too seriously. It wasn't filled with a whole lot of self-importance, which wow. some of these things can can um, do sometimes. And, and sometimes I think writers put upon the the idea of Wonder Woman as well. So I liked that this was just still just fun and, and loose and it was enjoyable. It was it was a good time. Yeah. I'm kind of agree. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one. Uh Brian, what did you think? Oh, I loved it. Uh yeah, I thought it was great. I saw it um like you were talking about Len the remix of the Wonder Woman costume. This is a way busier costume than I would ever expect myself to think looks phenomenal. But mm-hmm. it looks phenomenal. You know, there's a lot going on. I really like the way that they do the gold. Kind yeah. of like shading and swirly. Um, I like her bolo. Kind of in place of a lasso, you've got these like golden bolo kind of thing, which I think is really cool. Um, oh. Yeah, it, later on in the book. Yeah, yeah. there she is. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, it is a bolo. I didn't even notice that. You're right. Yeah, my understanding of bolos, I am no expert in the <laughs> bolo weaponry, but that they're usually much shorter than that. So this is... Yeah, like kind of well, I mean, uh, also, yeah, yeah. like, if, if we're talking magic, uh, fucking Wonder Woman's lasso is two stories or ten feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Given um, when it needs to be, right? And this could even be a different, like, there could be a specific name for this kind of, like, a bolo, but a lot longer yeah. in the middle. I don't know. But um, I really like the the mythological world building that they do in mm-hmm. this story it reminds me of uh like sandman or in that kind of yep. capability like that level of capability like one line they, they're talking about uh how zeus and tupa uh sat on their respective thrones the narrator says i couldn't tell you how this came to be or what came before that and it's this thing that's just like this hint that there's a, a massive universe that you don't know about and you don't need to know about for this story. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sets up this atmosphere that I really like. The art is phenomenal. And the, the interplay, she's a fun character, like with her dealings with both the, the winged horse and that, uh, I don't know what she is, a sprite of some kind, um, sort of an antagonistic, but also friend. Mm-hmm. The winged um, horse has a name and his name is Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Pegasus um, Jerry. Yeah. Well, Pegasus was the name of a different winged horse. A lot of oh. people call yeah, winged horses Pegasuses, Pegasus but that was just that one's name. And so it's like Kleenex? Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. He's the Kleenex of mythological characters. Oh, shit. I thought a Pegasus was a flying horse. No. Of course, of course. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, there we go. Yeah. Oh, and I learned um, something today. Oh, I, I like this. <laughs> the crunch at the <clears throat> bottom left. Yes. Get his butt yeah. bit. Also, this the, was, what uh, they are doing to this guy is terrible. she They're trying to get into the underworld, and she is stealing his entry, his coin. Yeah, yeah it's pretty brutal. Yeah, that's bad. Like, that's yeah. that's really bad. <laughs> so this um this was my favorite Future State book of the week. Mm-hmm. Actually, this might have been my pick of the week in general. This, this stuck with me. As much as I loved the next Batman first mm-hmm. section, this, stuck, this has stuck with me since I read it, and we got to even read it early. I keep thinking back on this because mm-hmm. I absolutely love the design of this character. Yeah. I think she's amazing. 
I think the story was engaging as hell. And I, you could you could like randomly pick a page in this book, and it's a beautiful layout. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. actually, this is yeah. this is the most well made book I read this week. It's so incredibly good, and favorably, I compare this character to the MCU version of Valkyrie. Sure. In so yeah. much as the the brazenness, the brashness, the the humor, and the almost denial of destiny, mm-hmm. which is a really compelling character conflict, one that's internal as opposed to just beat this these men up, just beat this god up, just like it's. Right. This is a very compelling a personality, and I fucking loved it. I hope they do something with her beyond future state because it's really supposed to be a CW show. Coming. Yeah. To be honest, wait, what? There's a there's a CW show coming that I think is going to be this character. It is. Oh, word. Because yeah. I was I was getting ready to say as I was reading this, I was like, this next the next Batman and this Wonder Woman are going to be sticking around after this yeah. event. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm glad that they are the two of the best ones. <laughs> like, in, in, yeah. in um, uh, Bendis is taking over Justice League, but he kind of already let it slip that. I don't think he's using her as his Wonder Woman. I'm not exactly sure where she is in the timeline of things. Um, so yeah, she could just be in present day. There's nothing about this that is. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, with the future state books, some of them are five years in the future, some of them are two thousand years in the future, and there's no connection to any of them. But mm-hmm. I think he's using um, Hippolyta. Oh, cool. Hippolyta. Yeah. yeah. But either way, this I love this character. I love this book. This was amazing. Everyone can should anyone, pick it up. There can anyone tell me what's happening? Uh, what she's what she's yelling in this panel? What's is that? What she's doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems Spanish, right? Alala. Seems like it could be. I don't know Spanish, so I. It was. So to me, it's a. I mean, if it's Spanish, that means it's da 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 da. But um, right. It's um. It's a, it's a, to it's me, a battle cry. It's a bit of an ethnic battle cry. So like a lot of, t- like a lot of cultures have a choral or a singing battle cry. That's what yeah. this was. Oh no, you guys, like Alala is a uh, style meets performance. Stand out among the crowd. They make, uh, act, um, leggings. Oh, <laughs> she's really into a legging yeah. brand. That's it's a probably, commercial. that's probably what it is. <laughs> yeah, like, like legs. If you remember legs from the eighties, yeah, exactly. I do remember the legs. legs. Said they came in the little uh, in the little legs. Those she are, got oh. legs. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I guess I should say something. I agree. This is uh, this and the next Batman are my two favorites. And I think the problem with Batman and the reason this is probably a little higher on the list is because it's a full issue and it's exactly. a full story. Uh, yeah. um, well, not yeah. a full story, but it's a full issue and. I think the the next Batman is bogged down by those secondary stories a little bit. I agree with that. Like, give me five more pages of the next Batman and get rid of the backups, and it probably yeah. would have been a lot stronger of an experience. Yeah, I agree. Oh, oh guys, if you're curious, so. they, there's little like non. There's a mix of mythologies in this underworld, which I think is interesting. And uh, one of them is Gehenna. Is this way? And if anybody doesn't know, Gehenna is um, named after a valley in in Israel where they used to very short version they would pile up the bodies of and like trash and the bodies of murders and thieves and they would burn them all the time and so like ravenous dogs would be wandering through this constantly burning area also the uh followers of moloch would be there uh sacrificing infants and gehenna is translated as hell in the bible 
Oh! Yeah. Damn it, Brian. I knew you were on this show for a reason. This is it. All right. See you That's later, it. guys. Later. <laughs> it was um, fun being part of shower. I want to check in. I want to check in with the commenters. Uh, Action Figure Expert says, "Hello, hello, hello. What's up? What's going on? How you guys doing? We're great." Uh, Mars Comics says, "Hello, guys. The Amazon forest in Brazil was named after the Amazons from Greek mythology. I there did not go. know that. That's awesome." And then Action Figure Expert chimed in with my favorite comment so far: "Yo, Joe." Cobra, la 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 la. la. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a throwback to the GI Joe animated movie from the eighties. Was once a man. Um, let's move on to Eternals number one from Marvel Comics, written by Kieran Gillen with art by Isad Ribic. Never die, never win. Eternals. <laughs> that sounds terrible. What's the point <laughs> of an eternal battle? For millions of years, 100 Eternals have roamed the Earth, secret protectors of humanity. Without them, we'd be smears between the teeth of the demon-like deviants. Their war was waged for all time, echoing in our myths and nightmares. But today, Eternals face something new. Change. Can they, or anyone on Earth, survive their discovery? So we had done a book club several months ago because the Eternals is going to be one of the next big budget Marvel movies and we thought let's check in with the Eternals a uh, series of characters I have little to no experience with so we grabbed a hold of the Neil Gaiman and John Romita Jr. miniseries we gave that a read and correct me if I'm wrong fellas none of us gave a shit no. I did give a shit about it but I oh. you know like I was into you it I had read it years ago and liked it a little more than I remembered okay. even. So one shit of four was given. And, um, <laughs> a little I didn't bit. Know, but I was excited about this one because I thought I like Kieran Gillen. I love Isad Ribic. And I'm excited to see what the current state, or, you know, current stable of Marvel creators can do with the Eternals to make them useful and, and maybe a little bit more interesting. And I think they nailed it. I think mm. this issue was a lot of fun. It was very charming. It had some humor to it. Um, and it sort of gave us a little bit more of a, a look into how the Eternals work, I think. It's a little bit more easy to understand, I think, than maybe the Neil Gaiman version, which I felt was a little esoteric. But what did you guys think, Brian? Um, I, it's funny you should you should introduce it so heavily with the reference to us having read it. Because I found myself thinking, like, there have been a number of Eternals stories published between that uh, miniseries and this. Wait, and what? yet. There have, oh. <laughs> and at least uh, there was like a series that continued from that, and yeah, there was something that happened recently. I mean, not like they haven't been all over the publishing it's, realm, but it's referenced in the book uh, when they all got murdered and what this new awakening is. That happened in a Marvel event recently. They just right, killed, right. Like, well, yeah, I remember there was like a three-page right. thing where it was like, oh, they murdered each other or something. Right, right. Yeah. But, but I only mean that to say that, like, and yet this seems to be. Like, just a direct continuation, almost, of that series. So I found myself, I was like, oh, I'm glad we just recently reread that. Because this has a, like, Sprite comes back in this one. And um, I also, I think the whole, like, Eternals can die is from that series. That, like, if they happen to die in the in the strongest of circumstances, then they'll come back in these, in these pods. I think Gaiman came up with that. I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea that they're all—they're essentially all backups in the big machine, and right. they're almost indestructible. But when they die, they just kind of get reborn from the last backup, right? Yeah, yeah. that's X Men, which makes I was, sense. I was thinking of, of Hickman's X Men. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
And it makes sense that that wouldn't be part of it from the beginning because the whole concept of backups in a machine, I don't think was that in the consciousness, if at all, when Kirby was creating the Eternals, no, you know, yeah. no, uh, no. like computers were and certainly weren't what they are now. Um, I was a little thrown by Sprite. He constantly referred to Sprite as she, despite looking exact. I mean, it's not a human being and it's a, and, and is a child. So you, it just looks exactly like she always did. And it's a different artist, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that was through me. But then when they explained it, I thought it was pretty cool. And they're like, oh, yeah, every now and then we change genders. It's every pretty couple common. hundred thousand years, we'll right. just switch That's it pretty out. common. And it's like, well, I've yeah, never seen it. Yeah, that was a great line, yeah. 20,000 years ago, but it is common to us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, in a long <laughs> yeah. enough timeline, yeah. Right, I think right. it, sets up, it definitely sets up changing the ethnicity of a lot of these characters. Uh, true. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Although they're pretty... Diverse anyway. I mean, not very, but there are, like, Makari is a person of color. Hmm. Well, there's that one. So, okay, yeah, you're right, Noel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I mean, there's one. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't uh, I didn't think of that. So, yeah, yeah I thought it was good. No. Um, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I, I think I might have loved this. Um, yeah. Um, I just loved the the kind of setup of it. So it was very accessible, but it also was very complex. Um, mm. To me, Karen Gillan has two writing styles. One is a very big two action-y style. And then the other is I am very interested in one very specific subset of information and I'm well steeped in it and I will not explain shit to you at all. Um, and if you're not there, you don't get it. This was a marrying of the two. You could tell that he like created all of these new things and is referencing all of these incredibly old things, especially in like the interstitial pages, a la the X-Men. Um, he knows all of the details, but he makes it really, really accessible if you don't know anything, which I, I really, really enjoy. Um, I think he might I, have made the interstitial pages stuff up, though. Like, I'm not sure that that's a reference. Oh, to something sure. Like yeah, yeah. yeah uh, but he... I, I do believe, based on the kind of writer that he is and how big he is into RPGs and role-playing games and stuff, that he has all of this shit written down. Like, mm-hmm. he has created the entire hierarchy of all of the worlds of Eternals and knows exactly what it is before he started writing the story. Do you know what I mean? Like, right, he's right. the kind of person that creates those backups. Mm-hmm. So I feel comfortable starting this story with no real pretenses versus like instead of that series that I already kind of forgot. Yeah. And I also, and I also think that he, cause I agree with you. I think he's got it all mapped out, but I think that he and the artist, um, Isad Ribic, uh, have laid it out in a way that to me, while it's familiar to what Hickman did with the X-Men, I found it more accessible. Um, yeah. and, and, and a lot more breathing room. And admittedly, he's not working with as large a cast as Hickman was, so there is that room to breathe. Um, but uh, I found this, I found it surprisingly accessible because I'll be honest, like, I went into this like, okay, well, my job is to read this. But um, I found myself like I was engaged with it. I was, I was eager to turn the page and follow along with the story. And I was able to follow along with the story, which was what I was also fearful of. 
Um, it does feel like almost a direct continuation of what we read before, even right. though I'm sure there's stuff that happened in between. Um, and it is referenced here and it's referenced in a way that, oh, okay, I can see where it's referenced. Do I want to go find that story? Not me, but if someone else does, cool. Um, and then the last page, hey, you brought back, you know, Thanos. Yeah. All and right. Uh, yeah, I believe you. Thanos is uh, related to the Eternals. Yes, like, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he okay. is an Eternal, right? Uh, or something. He's yeah, connected so. to him in some way. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. A deviant, right? <sighs> like on on Titan, he's a deviant. Like he was, he was when he That's was right. Born, he didn't right. Yeah. Like yes. he is like intrinsically connected. However, yeah. so cool, cool shit that they did here that um, I already forgot most of it. But um, <laughs> uh, with Thanos. Um, he was last seen in Donny Cates' Guardians of the Galaxy, the first arc, mm-hmm. where he was killed off, his head was chopped off, and then oh, right. his last will and testament was like, hey, fuckers, I'm actually inside one of your bodies and I'm going to take it over. Um, oh. The way that all kind of turned out was Thanos is reconstituted and shunned off somewhere, but he doesn't have any of his faculties or memories, mm. he's almost a bit like a Hulkish, oh, which it seems to be like. So that that is really cool. Like it's again, it's the big reveal of Thanos, and everyone knows Thanos, but they're not negating what just recently happened with him. You see the dent in his helmet and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but then also, I loved the narration in this from the, mm. the machine, yeah. from the big machine, and they keep referencing the fact that it's overly talkative and it's overly um, emotive. This mm-hmm. cycle. And I just feel like that's going to hopefully be a fun story point. Yeah. Yeah. And and they even say, like, something might be wrong with the machine. I love that. I love that. Like, in one issue, the the economy is story being able to set up, like, four conflicts all layering on top of each other. And it doesn't feel burdened, overbogged, or convoluted. Yeah, it still felt kind of breezy, right? Yeah, definitely. It was a delight to read. Yeah, this like through line of Sprite coming back and he and Icarus are like teaming up, but that this this kind yeah. of relationship I think carries it through in a breezy way. Yeah, uh, the narration you mentioned the... it dovetails great at the end when they the machine has described people with metaphors like arrow and snake, mm-hmm. and yeah. then you know Thanos is says the word death, which also fits in as one of those metaphors. And he's like, oh, Thanos knows exactly who he is. There's a great couple of lines in a row. Now, I don't... Is, are those not mixed metaphors? Like, if you're making metaphors, like someone is an arrow, shouldn't the next metaphor be another sort of weapon? Or no, I don't object? think so. No, I don't think right. it's necessary. Um, no, they are a part of the, the multitude of things. They're both nouns. Yeah, you're not like, he's like an arrow. I think it bites you. You know yeah, that kind. I think, of, yeah. I think it's only a mixed metaphor based off of like the point of the metaphor, like the the back half of it. Like, gotcha. yeah, yeah, a mixed metaphor would be like a beginning and an ending that are different. But if I see, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like Zap Brannigan's, uh, you know, like it knock him down like a house of cards. Checkmate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to Star Wars The High Republic from Marvel Comics, written by Caven Scott with art by Ario Anandito. A new era of Star Wars storytelling begins. It is centuries before the Skywalker saga. The Jedi are at their height, protecting the galaxy as the Republic pioneers push out into new territories. 
As the frontier prepares for the dedication of majestic Starlight Beacon, Padawan Keeve Trennis faces the ultimate choice. Will she complete her Jedi trials or rescue the innocent from disaster? New Jedi, new ships, new evils to fight. I'm not sure the ultimate choice is do I finish my test or save human lives? Uh, that's, that's weird. I don't think that's the ultimate choice. I don't think the ultimate choice is in this issue. Exactly. Well, I mean, they say the <laughs> ultimate choice is, will she complete her Jedi trials or rescue the innocent? Well, um, I mean, as it turns out, maybe she could do both. Ooh, spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, so as someone who enjoys to differing degrees, most of Star Wars, except for the prequels, maybe, uh, I've been looking forward to this. I have no experience with Legends or the... Um, was it called the Old Republic? There was a Knights yeah. of the Old Republic was a thing. Oh, it, it, Old Republic, yeah. What was the Legends versions of this? Old, Old Republic. Oh, it was Old Republic. Great. I have not but it read was a single... thousands of years. Right, it thousands of years as opposed to this, yeah. which is about 200 years. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so I have no experience with that. So I, I have no emotional response to them getting rid of all that stuff. And now there's something else with a Republic in the name. So I, I don't really... That doesn't bother me at all. I was excited to see what this new era would be like. And I'm reading the novel by Charles Soule, which I think is great so far. It kicks off with an event I've never seen in sci-fi or Star Wars specifically. And I think that sets up a really interesting thing. Uh, and so that takes place first. And now we've got this first issue of the comic book series. And that takes place in continuity a little later. And we meet a Padawan and her master. And she's going through the trials. And then something happens and she has to figure out what to do and i think it was just fine i wasn't completely enamored with it uh, but i think this is one of those things that as i read more characters from this era and i start to learn more about the world of about 200 years before the skywalker saga i'm going to get more entrenched in it so um i think this is a pretty easy intro to this world with a very easy setup that's easy to understand um it feels almost like an all-ages book it felt very ya in my yeah, yeah which is funny because there is a ya version of uh, high republic coming and this so is not that this I is not ya intentionally done no. yeah oh wow no so in marvel comics publishing there is the star wars books and then there are star wars adventures and oh. star wars adventures are the more ya version of star wars and so we are now going to have coming out in a couple of weeks star wars high republic adventures or something yeah. so yeah uh, otherwise i think it was it was fine it was adorable um i think it's a fine jumping on point i'm going to keep with it just because i'm curious enough about this star war <laughs> so, what did you think, Len? Uh, I, I thought the same thing as you. I thought it was kind of, you know, it's cool. Um, um, it's uh, well drawn. The art is, is pretty engaging. It's uh, The storytelling was clear and concise, and that's what I look for in a comic book. Um, so I appreciated that. I appreciate it. I appreciate it more than anything in this book, the timeline little interstitial that they give us of Star, Star Wars, um, which lets you know exactly where this this took place and where everything else in the Star Wars universe took place as far as chronolo chronologically. Mm -hmm. So I actually kind of like that's like, oh, 
I spent a little bit of time on that. If um, I can interrupt real quick, my problem with that timeline is they went through the pro- process of having a timeline, but then don't tell you within High Republic what to read first. So the fact that the novel <laughs> takes place first and then this comic book takes place slightly after that, I think uh, is an important piece of that timeline that they should let you know. But go on. I think originally That's they were supposed point. to read too. Like the novel was supposed to be like a month before the comic. But coronavirus kind of screwed that all up. The fact that they both came out the same day, I could see why they didn't write that in there. Like, yeah, because they don't they don't know how it's going to go. On the same Although day, they, I mean, like all of uh, A New Hope came out some time ago in Empire's Day, but they still put that in chronological order. Like these things will continue yeah. to exist, and it would still be helpful. But, to have but we're talking it. about potentially undercutting your other publication that just came right. out the same day. If they say, "Don't read this yet." No, I don't say first. don't read this. It just says here's here's the continuity of it. No, some people will take it as oh, I I can't get this issue until I read until the, I the get novel that just came out today. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I, I I'm, I'm on flubbing that. But it was fun. It was it, it was a fun little book. I, I too, why while I didn't know about the whole distinction between their YA books and their regular series books, I did feel that this had a, a bit of a YA type of vibe to it. But I didn't mind that because to my mind, Star Wars is first and foremost for a younger age it's anyway. So, it, so that didn't bother me. Um, and I liked that they were introducing new different characters. Um, and so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the little you know, a uh, little gnat that kept flying around. Just kept, Canary? Yeah. yeah, Canary kept buzzing in her ear. I liked that. I thought that was funny. I thought that was a fun little bit. Um, so I enjoyed it. It was, it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was more fun than I was ex- expecting it to be. Nice. So I will, I will give you that. And I think people who are big fans of Star Wars will enjoy it. And as the world unfolds, like JD said, they'll become more invested in it. And have fun with it. Yeah, I thought it was it was a fairly standard story, but it, you know it was reasonably well told. And the whole, I mean, I didn't see it coming because I didn't I just I didn't think about it. But the whole like, oh, your true test was the thing that you thought was distracting you from the test is nothing new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know the the story yeah. of the test itself was fine. Like yeah, that, that twist. For me, but. I didn't buy that shit at all. Um, so I would have accepted it being your true test ended up being this crisis. Right. Not he knew all along. Because if that was the case, mm-hmm. he would have known that the beacon was dangerously sending out a vibe to get <laughs> these dangerous locusts Good point. to this habited planet. Yeah. And he did nothing about it to test his student. I actually yeah. think that's pretty fucking Yeah, Lukaku's no. death is on his hands. No, 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 no. Um, I'm sorry, I went to go help a, uh, let a customer in. Um, are you talking about how she implies that he knew all this stuff? Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, no that's her. That's her telling us, oh, my master knew all of these things and he was putting me under a test for this whole thing. That's mm. her saying that. That is not some omniscient, omniscient narrator telling us that he did that yeah. on purpose. That's her, I think attributing a little bit too much to her master. Again, yeah. I mean, as as the reader, I that's they're telling me that this is what's going on. I, I like I took it as even even her notion that this was all planned it sounds it's just stupid. Right, which is I don't think it's true. I think uh, that's her she's a, she's a Jedi knight. I, I presume that she's ah, yeah, but, right. she's, but she's, she's definitely as you can see a Jedi that is 
you know, at the end of some level of her training. So she's not fully, you know, even if she is technically ending her training, you know, there's still real world training to go through. And I also read it as, if I remember it correctly, as her saying that, but still unsure whether or not that actually was the case. You know what I mean? It's it's just, it wasn't, I understand that it's from her perspective. I understand that she's green, but for a, even, even commonsensically, the idea of maybe he knew all of this danger and that was the real test. Like, come on. I, it, it, I don't know. It, it's the only thing, the only part of the book that kind of struck me as way too, like, it's just a five degrees of too naive. Okay. Too naive. But I like, across the board, I think I've learned, so I agree with all, I agree with everything you guys said. This is fine. This has got a bit of a YA bend. There's a lot of really cool ideas in here. I think that I don't like reading Star Wars comics and issues. Mm. Because mm. I love Star Wars comics. I've got a bunch of collections and I, I love eating them up. But every time that we start a series or review one issue, it just it always falls flat with me. But when I read them collected... Exactly. I love them. I'll tell you this so one I, in particular, like the last one of the things that it really annoyed me about the book was the last page, like such a just a, so normal of a got you, <laughs> you know, like they're like the guy walks into his room and he yells out, no, but you don't know what it is. Why? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. What's the, That's the thing. It's That's almost like it's page missing. Wait. Right, but right. did he see something? Did he, is it, so that's right. just like the, the level of storytelling with it is just a little off for me. So like, it is. did yeah. he yeah. see something and scream no? Did he immediately feel something? Was there, was this all bottled up and he got, finally got a way yeah. to let it out? Who knows? I don't fucking know. Like yeah. it, it, there's, there's a clarity of, of storytelling that's just not there. It's yeah. Wait till next time, which is you're just, right I because it, it, it's, it's even worse because he screams no, and then there's the the uh, the close up of his face. Oh yeah, and you're thinking that's supposed to re- reveal something, but that doesn't offer up anything else either. Which is why it feels like wait a minute, I think they missed the page because it's, <laughs> yeah, so there's like of, nothing yeah. revealed at all. So yeah, I do agree that is what's he it's saying? No, it's a cheap like it's a cheap way to get you to want to read the next issue. You know, in my opinion. I mean, I'm totally okay with that stuff if it's clear. Yeah, I mean, but, well, but this what? Like, there are ways to do that that, yeah, yeah. they're totally fine. But I don't know. I, it's, it, but, um, yeah. This all, pieces of this struck me as lazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the characters, but some of it was just like, don't fill in the whole, like, don't, don't connect the dots. Don't even introduce dots. Just make lines. Um, but it's all right. We've got... We, since it's Star Wars, we know that we've got at least 50 issues and people will right. right. and we'll tell that story later. Like, I don't know. I, f- I feel like the, the work wasn't put in to really entrench me with these characters in this. It's just assumed. I th- I'm not going to... I'm not going to... I'm, I'm not going to let the lazy slide because I don't think it's necessarily lazy. Um, because one, I think that the art is good art in here. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean the story and, points, not the well, art. But, but, uh, the art. But, uh, but also, I'm not going to let it lie there either because at its heart is hearts. It, at its 
hearkening back to the original of Star Wars and what inspired George Lucas to do this movies. And one of the things he's tried to keep baked into the movies and even in the comics was this sense of, you know, his childhood going to the movies and seeing all these yeah. movies. Serialized and stories, like absolutely. Yeah. And, and though, but those stories, and I know, because I just rewatched the Batman serials from the forties, which are horrible, but um, I, but they all end in pretty much the same way. And oh, yeah. so if I'm going to give this writer the benefit of a doubt that they're trying to evoke some of that into the storytelling, I don't think they pull it off. But I'm just not going to let. I'm not going to say that they're being lazy about so it. Lazy is probably the wrong adjective. Then it's All right. it's um they skipped steps that I wanted was hoping to see. I right, I I am okay with. I love cliffhangers. I love serialized storytelling as a practice. That's why we even read comics. To be honest yeah. with you, like, but it, like comparing it to something like The Eternals. So much groundwork had to be laid, so much world building, mm. and it still felt breezy and accessible. This, to me, feels breezy and unclear with mm. so much still off screen or off panel. And it's just like, I, maybe in three issues or four issues from now after I've read in a chunk, I will feel different, much yeah. less or different about it. But mm. as a single intro issue, no, I just, it, it, was an empty calorie. It was. Gotcha. It was pretty. It was cool. A lot of cool ideas, but I like. I would not have. The, there's sometimes when it happens and you are inspired to read the next issue and you can't wait. Mm. And then there's sometimes when it happens and you're like, I'm gonna hold off for six months. <laughs> see what it's yeah. like then, because yeah. they clearly couldn't hook it in twenty pages. Gosh. Right. To me. Yeah. I don't think this is bad. And also too, like if, if I had read the novel, maybe maybe all those holes will That's filled true. in with context. Right. And well, and I'm, see, I didn't realize that until we started talking and there are definitely things. Like, I wonder if this reptilian guy lost his arm in that novel. And mm. uh, I know that the main character is the What's that? The main character of the novel is that blonde. Oh, the, okay. The head of the, or the head of the beacon. Okay. Yeah, she, there definitely does seem to be story that isn't in here, but that exists. But it didn't raise too many questions with me because, oh, yeah. I mean, in Star Wars, I know that there's a story that isn't in here that it's that it's referencing, you know? Yeah, and I, I think, I feel like, I feel like there will be, some people would push back on me feeling like there's stuff missing as in, well, there's four other things that fill those holes. Like, right. great. Every single one of these mediums is supposed to be accessible in and of itself, and mm -hmm. every other one supports that. Not be sure to continue in this right. other thing, and then this other thing, and then this other thing. Like, um, I had some problems with uh, Re Return of Rise of Skywalker, Return of the Revenge of Skywalker, <laughs> and and uh, like a bunch of plot holes, and I expressed those. And JD later told me because he listened to the novelization, like, oh, they explain everything in the novel. Like, cool. Yeah. That's in the novel. That's common in novelizations, though, too, I, right? Still, like, yeah. I shouldn't have to read 600 pages of a separate text in order to have plot points that are pivotal filled in. Right. Like, right. These are Just supposed like, to be separate mediums that work yeah. alone, but then also together. 
Right. Just like I, you're not supposed to have to watch the director's cut of a movie to yeah. fill in plot holes from the cut that was a release to the general audience. Or just so you're not supposed to necessarily need a four-hour miniseries and 70 <laughs> extra dollars in order to make your movie make sense. Right? Wait, what, what was that? Uh, what was that reference? <laughs> Snyder cut. The Snyder cut. Yeah, but see, but in both of those cases, the director's cuts are like, well, this is what we wanted to do to begin with. You know, not, in both, not in both cases. Actually, well, I mean, I, I will say that in BVS is that yeah. doesn't like the director's cut doesn't help shit. The movie yeah. is actually worse. I haven't, no, I haven't seen that one. Um, and, and I think in the case of novels, novelizations. My understanding is a lot of times it's like the writers write that and then they're like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we could fill this in? And then the writers do that. Not that that's the plan all along, but like I know there's a Star Trek novelization where uh, they explain something that happens. And I think that was just the writer of the novel was like, oh, here's my chance to to clean up some stuff, you know, make it cooler. I, I think Peter David's on. Peter David has done tons of novelizations of movies sure. and stuff, and he's on the. Yeah, he, yeah. he, I think he's said in interviews and stuff too. He's just like, oh well, I really liked this one scene in the movie, and I felt like mm. dedicating a whole chapter to it, and then I skipped yeah, over yeah. this other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but um, that, but like you said though, that's always after the fact and yeah. and like a artist choice. <laughs> all of these high republic uh, publications were all developed together in the same room. All five of these writers that are doing the, oh, okay. they're do, like there's a, a YA novel, there's a a, a novel, there's That's a right. comic series and a YA comic series, and then something else they haven't released yet. Hmm. But everything was developed at once. They had a big old story summit. So the positive of that is that everyone's on the same page. The negative of that is that maybe they're taking shortcuts in their one medium because hmm. the other ones are filling in the gaps, which to me feels like some of this is less accessible because it's just missing chunks. Mm-hmm. And they're in a balancing act. I, I want to want to commit to other mm-hmm. publications, not feel like I have to in order to enjoy it. Right? And, there, and there is that. Like, it's a balancing act for, like, mm-hmm. okay, here's what we're going to do for the people that are reading everything and will think doing this is awesome. And here's what we're going to do for the other people. Like, um, what was the, uh, the, the Doctor Who thing that crosses multiple media is... Uh, uh, one of, Time Lord Victorious, right? Yeah, and one of them is an escape room in Cardiff. <laughs> it's like, I'm not getting there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to get that part of the story. Um, or, or even kind of like Star Trek Deep Space Nine, where which was one of the first, if not the first, um, non-soap opera type show to just do continuing stories yes. and not yes. catch you up on, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, hey, if you're here, you're going to love this. If you yeah, but that was the last two seasons. You won't know what's going on. That yeah. was one medium. That was uh, true, this ongoing true. show. This, well, that wasn't. Hey, in order to understand this plot point, you have to listen to the radio play that came out two years ago. But you had as to well watch the novelization. Yeah, you know, but you're committing to one medium. You're committing yeah, to yeah. one source. No, I know. So but that there's analogous, work, you know. Uh, well, it's not analogous though. No, it is. It, it is. The whole point. No, <laughs> I. And so much as a sequential storytelling needing to right. have like story points hit and you have to experience them. Sure. Right. That's true. However, it's not analogous because I'm saying that they're happening in different mediums at the same time. Right. Where but I'm thinking the, the analogy is in their, in their thinking of the day was it, every episode needs to be its own thing. You know what I mean? And you're saying every medium needs to stand on its own. 
Yeah. And they and they went they were like abandoned the idea that every episode needs to stand on its own. You know, that's what I, that's the analogy that I'm drawing between those two. Okay. A, a, a paradigm shift in how they approach storytelling. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But, but it's just like, it's that tightrope walk. Like, well, what do we do for the people that are going to be with us through everything? And what do we do yeah. to make it accessible? Comics, to comics figured this out sure. 45 years ago. Sure, sure. You just tell a good story. And if somebody's mm. hooked in the one issue they have, they'll go back and read the other ones. Or yeah, they'll yeah. keep going forward and read those ones. Yeah. You don't, like, that's all. Like, right. that's literally it. Like, you, you start telling a story, and you keep telling the story until it's done. Mm-hmm. And readers either will, will follow you if it's good, and that's it. That, um, that, that, yeah, I mean... And I'm sure that's what they were trying. You know, I'm sure, like, if you asked whoever wrote this, they were like, yeah, that's what I wanted to <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. Uh, Three or four from now, maybe I will feel yeah. more full of it. And, yeah. And enjoy it. But as of right now, it was just, it was like a really, it was a very well done cold open. I yeah. got nothing to hold on to. Well, and I think, I think that hits an L on the head is that that is what it is. It's her status quo is going to be new Jedi Knight, not Padawan. And this was like, here's the beginning when she becomes a Jedi Knight. I don't think I will read anymore unless we read them for the show. But, you know. I mean, I might pick up this trade eventually just to kind of like yeah, see yeah. how it feels all together. But. Hmm. No, as a, as a monthly, I, I'm not. I'm not super super interested. I, which again, I think that's. I think that's Star Wars comics for me in general. Like yeah. I, I don't do the monthly. Um, See, I rarely go down in levels of reality. Right, like if I started watching something as a movie, I rarely will read a novel or read a comic about it. If I started something as a comic or a novel, I'll love to see a live action thing. And I can't justify or defend that. It's just like how I, I used to, you know what I used to, I used to very much be like that, but the last, the last, I want to say like two years, um, I, I used to poo poo, uh, intellectual properties that crossed mediums. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I spent like you, there was a whole, there's a, there's like a good 10 to 15 year period where when a comic company got, uh, a, the license for an IP, the comics were shit. No. Yeah. Or, yeah, they weren't very good. Like you've got you've got like the late seventies, early eighties examples of of GI Joe being amazing, but fucking nothing else from that. It, like companies were just picking up IP and just like doing nothing bare minimum because you know we paid for Star Wars, just do whatever. Right. People are going to buy Star Wars. Doesn't matter. The mm. last couple of years though, um, they've been putting top talent on all of these um, mm. licensed books. Uh, so you like, I mean, the last couple of years, I've. Well, Power Rangers, you I love. Really Rangers. enjoyed Power Rangers. Yeah. I've really enjoyed like Jason Aaron's Star Wars run and Karen Gillan's Star Wars run and Darth Vader. Yeah. Oh, great books! They're so good. So I don't shy away from IP anymore or yeah. licensed books anymore, but I do expect them to still be functioning as their medium, right? Yeah. So all of those Star Wars issues <laughs> worked. Um, as issues, as comics. They still worked as comics. It wasn't just, hey, you recognize these characters, let's put them in another pickle, and it was just, like, boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But as issues, I don't, like, for me, they didn't work as well in single chapters, but collected story arcs, they were great. Especially because they did a lot of deconstruct, they, they did a lot of um, comic book deconstruction of time. So, like, six issues was really one mission, which is, like, ten minutes of a movie. Okay. And it was right. not it did not translate that well to issued comics because it just felt, it felt very light. However, when I read them all collected, it was just like, 
this is awesome between the scenes coolness and it's very engaging so i really do think like you said with when you move a property from medium to medium they all have mm. their own rules mm. and you have to kind of gel with those rules or to some readers it feels off or to some fans it feels off mm. yeah I don't know sense. where I was going with that other than just killing time. I'm sorry. Makes sense. Oh, speaking of killing time, action figure expert asked us, uh, uh, he, we mentioned Titan, and he asked, is Titan a whole planet in the Marvel Universe, or is this one of the moons of Saturn? And I believe the answer is still, also in the DC continuity, because um, Saturn Girl comes from Titan. Titan, right. Uh, they are, that is the moon, Saturn's moon, Titan. The, the thing is, that was from a time when Saturn's moon, Titan, in comics seemed way, way more inaccessible, right? Like, right. We, we now in the real world have sent probes out there. This was when they created Thanos, Titan was yeah. seemingly a lot farther away than it feels now. Yeah. You know? John Carter of Mars. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. In that continuity or in that story, Mars is livable. Like, right, 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 right. And also not a place that you're going to get anytime soon, whereas we have yeah. like rovers on Mars now, you know? Yeah. yeah, like that was the, yeah. Right. yeah. There's a Starbucks on Mars. <laughs> that is true. But isn't Titan also supposed to be very big, even though it is a moon of Saturn? It's supposed to be very huge as well. It's like planetoid size, right? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. But I, it's, I mean, there are moons of Jupiter that are prime candidates for life in the right. solar system. And like you could have a whole society on, I don't really have a good sense of, how big the moon is, but you could probably have like our moon, Earth's moon. Um, I think the real Titan is probably big enough. If that was your question, Len, that like you could have a whole, a whole. Yeah, right. yeah. hey, uh, while he's gone, uh, let's take this opportunity because I tried to do this earlier and, and, uh, and he didn't take the hint. Oh, why it's patreon.com backslash Johnny Destructo. That's a place that uh, he continually tells me that you can donate money to if the show us, yeah if you want to support the show and everything we do and come back every th sunday morning hey you're here for the plug yes he's not. johnny destructo ladies and gentlemen he is yeah. he's muted i think he was talking and he didn't realize he was muted. <laughs> what are we what are we doing patreon yeah patreon yeah I, I tried to do it earlier but go for it yeah he, he patreon.com give us your money <laughs> patreon.com slash johnny destructo will help out the show and also if you want to help us out you can just leave us nice reviews you can um subscribe and comment below and engage with us and hang out with us, send us emails, do all the sorts of things um, that you would do for your mother. That, if right? you have a or good relationship at a patreon.com show. Yeah. 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 If your mom had a Patreon, you'd support it. Yeah. We're basically... <laughs> you should ask for money. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, actually, it would probably go the other way around. <laughs> like your mother would do... For your Patreon, <laughs> exactly. Damn it! That's if true. I had a Patreon, my mom would support it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, to be my mom. Yeah. Yeah, you are our mom. That's it. Let's switch it around. Be our mother and pay us allowance. <laughs> um, uh, you guys on to the next book? We're on to the next book. I thought we're done. I thought that was all the books. There is crossover. Crossover? crossover. Yeah. I forgot all about crossover. I forgot about. Oh. That. Next up is crossover number three from Image Comics by Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. Monsters and robots falling from the sky, mysterious and familiar. Superheroes joining our intrepid gang on their journey to event ground zero. It was fine. I don't, you, Noel, you take it. JD, do you remember the joke you, that I made to you? Ian, he's, took, he's taking his earpiece out. 
do you remember the joke that I made to you in the store when we had these books? And so Spawn is on the cover of this comic. And uh, are we too worried about spoilers for this issue? He's, he's on the cover Spawn of the variant. Spawn is on, on one of the covers. On one of the he's on the cover variants. of the variant. Yeah, like I, that's. Well, so that was the only thing that, that JD had in the shop. And somebody says, well, who's the big character that shows up here? And JD said, well, I think it's Spawn. And I said, oh, JD, I think it's Madman. As a joke. <laughs> Did you really? I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so, so clearly Spawn in our minds. Nailed it. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I was a little blown uh, away. <laughs> I, uh, I like this book. Uh, I, I've read. I've, uh, JD is, is very like, meh. Um, and I don't disagree with the reasons why he thinks it's meh. But I, I'm enjoying it. Um, mm. and I've, but I've also read all of the other books that he references here so i have read the paybacks i have read buzzkill where that dr strange um, kind of guy yeah is featured in both because he's got this whole little like shared universe over at dark horse um i've never read madman however i was wildly impressed at the fake from issue one so mm. Mm. that's what that so when i was trying to tell jd that i was impressed by the reveal he was just like, I don't know anything about Madman. I don't give a shit. I was just like, neither do I. I'm impressed with the story seed from issue one with the, the rudimentary drawing and the reveal of it being Madman because of the yes. the lightning bolt. Like, I'm I'm impressed by that piece of storytelling, not the fact that, like, oh, my God, my favorite character showed up. I don't know shit about him. Mm-hmm. I'm just impressed with how this book is being constructed. Um, and I'm, I'm on board. I, I just really like it. I didn't read issue two. If we reviewed it, I missed it. And I'm actually glad I didn't read it um, because I think I said in the beginning, like, this was fun. It was a fun comic book when we reviewed issue one. And it was a book that I would, you know, conceive myself buying in collection. Um, Mm -hmm. And the reveal of, I had heard of the paybacks. I never read the paybacks. So it was familiar. It was kind of cool to see them. I have read a lot of Madman, so seeing Madman, I was like, all right, that's a cool one. That's cool. I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, and he definitely would fit. It. If you read Madman, he definitely fits in this, this yeah. scattered brain kind of world. Is he a uh, fourth wall breaking kind of guy? Definitely. A little okay. bit. Yes, he okay. is. Yes, he oh, is. that's perfect then. Yeah. Yeah. He's, not, he's not as hardcore. Like, he's not. He's no he's ambush not like, like, not ambush bug. Yeah, he's not to that <laughs> level. But he does. He, he definitely lends himself to breaking the, the the that parallel more often than not um he, he he's totally bugged i enjoyed it and i also i what i also enjoyed is that by now because i remember liking the first issue but then putting in a, a whole lot of information stuffing it and now it's kind of slowed down a little bit it's breathing a little bit you know what i mean because they, they they're getting into the the actual story of it so I'm living with the characters a little bit more and I'm even though I miss issue two, I still am feeling what they're going through. Uh along with just the whole fun idea of like these little fun cameos coming in. Um and the Doctor Strange joke that it that it uh is land on there. The only thing you missed in issue two that I think is of note, um, other than them deciding let's go help the, like go find this kid's parents. Um, was the the son of the preacher, the son of the of the mm-hmm. evangelist? Um, he was whisked away by some 
government black tie people and given that gun with a special bullet. Yeah, so it's implied that it's kind of like kryptonite. They show yeah, like him powers. They show him the prison that they've set up with all of the um, superheroes that they've captured. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very evocative of that spawn issue where you know, like you see hands and and feet through the jail yeah. cell. Yeah. Uh, it looks like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, like, um, they set up this this underground or this um this more high level Men in Black style kind of thing happening in the on the background and they give him this gun and essentially just tell him like, um, we're going to let you go. We're going to give you this. You'll know what to do with it. When, when the time comes, don't tell anyone or we'll kill you and your family. See, so like they set him up as kind of a sleeper agent that he has nothing. To, he doesn't know anything about. And thank you. But I didn't need to know any of that. I no, no, this still works. It's just in general. Like, no, and, and, and it does work and yeah. it works for me. Um, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I think the art is is very engaging. Um, JD's a little meh, but I feel like I'm I'm just eagerly waiting for this to finish so that I can buy in the collective four. I'm, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, he's they the creative team said that it's an ongoing. Um, yeah, well, there'll be a trade after six or eight issues. Oh no, no, no! I mean, I mean, this feels like there should be some sort of finite end. But they said that it's an ongoing. Um, yeah, but ongoing I, can mean that they, yeah, I, they, it's mapped out for like 50 issues, you know? I was going to say, I think it's ongoing in the sense of like, why The Last Man's an ongoing. Right. Like, it's got an ending, and yeah. it's going to be over here. But it's just longer than 12. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think that is definitely the right... I mean, you never know. Maybe they could come up with a story that's so interesting, and I and I want to keep reading it but it feels like a, a finite story um i thought the the guy who owns the comic shop is is interesting that he is now worried about this girl and like is she does she have powers or whatever and they don't put this anywhere in the book but i mean he owns a comic shop so i wonder you know is he the kind of guy who would be raging against bolivar trask when bolivar trask is fictional but mm. then now that there's this girl that he's like Oh shit! Like this is a potentially extremely dangerous person that is here. Um, it's an area that they could get into uh, with him or with people in general. Um, that that I think would be interesting. Does anybody else get um, some slight fables vibes? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. I do. I read it. Which, it's, which it's works for me. Literal, hmm. but yeah. 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 I, 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 this I, I like this book a lot. I, I'm I'm not. Um, I, God, I, I, I like a lot of Donny Cates' work. Hmm. I don't good. think he's, in, I don't think he's infallible though. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It's, it's not like everything he touches is gold. It's just, <laughs> he's just really good at what he does. Um, so I don't want to come across as just like, everything is fantastic. There's still a lot of groundwork to cover with this book, but I, I yeah. still am engaged by it. I'm not exactly sure. I don't, I don't entirely understand why JD is just met on it and doesn't just actively dislike it or actively like it. Hmm. He really I liked the first issue. I think he, well, I, he liked it with the caveat of tell see me what you're doing. Give me right. more. Let's see where it goes. Okay. I, yeah. I think maybe he's waiting for a, a bigger shoe to drop. I'm not sure, but I'm kind of just enjoying the, the medium pace that this is going hmm. at. 
You yeah, know? but by nature of the the name of it and the, you know what it's mm-hmm. talking about, the, you do think it maybe it's going to be a little bit more bombastic. So if you're going yeah. in with that expectation, and now you're on issue three, and it's the the pace has slowed a bit. Mm-hmm. I can see like ah, this is like you know this is yeah. this and that. Um, yeah. uh, and especially when the cameos are characters that you don't really recognize yeah. or care about either. Like, I wasn't even sure that the paybacks were a pre-existing yeah. property, although yeah. you know, and and I know a fair bit about comics too. You know, like. The fact that I didn't recognize that, not that I was that into non-mainstream stuff at the time, although I like how they introduced them. Like, no one read it, it got canceled, but if you had read it, this would be awesome. That's do, cool. do, you, yeah. do you think that this is this book is a victim of hyperbole? Yes. I can see yeah. that. I think so. I mean, oh, I don't know. Has, has it been hyped? It's, it's my own fault for falling for it. Um, mm. Donnie Cage was like, oh, you'll never believe all the characters that I can use. And yeah. at the end of the first issue was a drawing of what we thought was Superman. And then, yeah. oh, no, psych, it was Madman. Yeah. And um, like if Mad, like Madman shows up, that's fine. I don't care about that character. Uh, the other Dark Horse characters I don't care about showed up. And I went, cool. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, they keep alluding to all of these bigger characters. Um, it's and like then, a, yeah, the one was like, oh, look, there's Doctor Strange. Are they allowed to use Doctor Strange? Nah, it's that guy from that other thing you never read. So um, it's my own fault. Of course he's hyping up his book, right? And of course he's excited to be able to use Madman and, um, I don't know, have Spawn on the cover and stuff like that. But um, it's and my own fault for being like, big. maybe they'll actually be able to use Marvel and DC books because of course they can't. I'm the idiot. Those would be the uh, only ones have- I'd be surprised about. If they get I mean, like was, truly surprised, he was asked on Twitter, or, "Are you ever going to include characters that aren't just image?" He said, "Yes." Yeah, Dark Horse. Can't say right. for now. Oh, that's fair. Sure, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah when, when Madman showed up, I was like, "Just oh. of it." Yeah. Well, but cool. one is issue three of an ongoing. Hmm. So you know, slow your roll. Two, Madman is not big, big. But he is still, he, he is a name. He definitely is a name that's got age on him because he's definitely from the late 80s, 90s when it was his heyday. But he is still a name. Um, and uh, he's, he's taking his time with it. And it's, it's still good storytelling. I, I, I understand your meh, but I think it's because, like you said, you fell for the hype. Now just enjoy the story, and I think you might find yourself liking it. Nah, the, uh, the story I find is... is kind of boring as well i just uh i was so excited because it's donny cates and i you know again it might be my own hype of being like donny cates new book create your own great and i just think so far it's fine i think uh the main character who always wears a domino mask for no good reason um and then she's got the comic shop employee she hangs out with and they find this little girl and we're gonna go and we're gonna get her back to the city employee too i thought she owned it and he was the employee and it's the other way around yeah. yeah. Oh, I She's, thought that. I thought that as well, yeah. Brian. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. I guess she was yeah, just. You know what it is? It was a scene in the first issue where he was going off and being the curmudgeonly comic shop owner, mm-hmm. and she was the young one being like, "Don't do that." And so yeah. I, you know, I thought that yeah. was her telling her employee not to do that. But that's that, that I in retrospect, exactly. it's like, yeah, it's the no, younger generation being that. stop being curmudgeonly. Yeah. I took the um. I took the domino mask thing as um. In this in this reality, cosplaying has kind of become a mm-hmm. status, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Infa or BLM. Like this is her 
um, it's expression of protest. Yeah. 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 yeah so it's, it's like, thing. yeah. And so, so, you, so I bought that. You know, I'm going to pull the Len and be like, maybe it's meant for trade paperbacks. <laughs> you know? Len actually I mean, just that. a few minutes ago I, when oh, you were missing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you were missing, I actually I felt that I feel that way about High Republic. I, I, don't, I don't think mm. I can enjoy this in issues yet. Like, I'd, I'd much enough. rather wait for the arc yep. and then we'll see. I can yeah. see that. I actually figure expert says, when is the next drunken gutter talk? Good question. Did we, Great question. Did we, like, I think we settled on, like, the last week of the month or something like that. I thought we did. Yeah. I think so. I, we're figuring it out. It's going to yeah, happen. we're again. working on it. Yeah. We, yeah. we had too much happen. fun to not do that more often. It was a great deal of fun. <laughs> yeah. um, and thank goodness for my wife. Uh, when I stumbled home, <laughs> she took care of me. It was wonderful. Oh, very good. Yeah. <laughs> she made me egg rolls. Um, was that the last book? It is. That was the last book. Yeah. We did it, you guys. Once again, this was a yeah. heavy effing week. Like yeah. we could have gone four or five hours. Like um, real quick, if if you're reading Thor and if you're reading Venom, they both had incredibly fun, giddy final pages. Like, mm-hmm. um, which is just fun in in, in monthly comics. I don't get Ooh, all the also real quick. You know, and I think also you, JT, were one hundred percent correct. I love Generations Shattered. It was awesome. Ah, oh, we knew it. Yeah, yeah. We it didn't hear great. about it, but we knew Brian would love it. Uh, it was great. Yeah. It was. You're not wrong. It's a story that's been seen before, but hey, man, Rave Wire, Rave, Wave Rider was there, who I've been missing for a long time, and I thought it was. Uh, I thought the story was pretty cool too. I I read it first, and JD was just like, "Well, what's it like? What, what is it?" And I I think the only word I used was, "It's Dan Jurgens being Jurgens," yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. like it's it's just I didn't I I didn't." And it, I mean, I'm a sucker for like time travel stuff anyway. Like, I love time travel stories. So that's 50 percent of, of me liking any time travel story is the fact that it exists. I just don't like how any, none of this DC stuff is connected anymore right now. No, no. Well, I didn't take this to be too much a part. Of it. This was just like the thing that could arise at any time, where it's like, oh, hey, we're see, the, the DC again. Yeah. It's my own expectations. I thought uh, yeah. DC death, death metal would happen, mm-hmm. and then that would lead directly into generations, and then uh, that would lead directly into future state, uh, and then maybe generations. You know, yeah, the yeah. next generations would be the wrap up of future state. Uh, uh, right. It's just a bunch of one shots, or not. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. tethered. Yeah, I'm okay with nothing being connected, but it ticks me off a little bit when they keep referring to the thing that's not connected as a part of it. Like, make Future State different, make Generation Saturn different. Just, like, stop invoking death metal like like it's connected. It's not. Stop it. Like, you're you're creating that weird expectation for people to be disappointed by. Like, these stories aren't connected at all. No. Yeah, and I thought they were. I honestly did. I was like, okay, so Generations will be the next. That'll be the first part, and that'll lead Uh, us directly into Future State. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, that's a bummer. Um, and I'm not, I'm not particularly sure where the DC universe is headed after this. So that gives me pause. I think like a lot less books. is where we'll get that. No, no I know the name. Oh, of it. No, I mean, I think that's where we'll get that information is okay. like, this will be the playbook. That's what it looks uh, like to me. I like, uh, let's take money. Let's, let's bet money. I think that's just going to end up being an anthology with like five page stories of what each of these new titles are going to be, but there's not going to be any kind of. Real cohesion. <laughs> Terry Leahy. Like, <laughs> Sorry, Terry Leahy is screaming. 
It's all connected, bro. <laughs> I, I, I assume you're falling down a well of continuity. Bro. <laughs> oh, um, by the way, no, Terry, I, I have a book here for you. Yeah, buy your shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like, um, I feel like, infant, so with the rebirth one shot, with the, all of those, like they were introducing a new world. I Infinite Frontier is like the opposite of that, where they're just going to sample all of the not connected new series like it's it's not going to answer any questions it's just going to be a sampler book i'm sorry i maybe it's just me but i actually like like even things for the new 52 where they tried to make everything make sense i like when everything that i'm not everything i like when most things that i'm reading from a publisher fit at least loosely well no i think that's going back like Generations is is its own thing, and Future State is a two month endeavor. But I think once once Infinite Frontier starts, it'll be the DC universe of all. Okay, yeah. that, that's my impression. Yeah, but they like. I hope so, because they're. What also I'm hearing like, from Noel is that there are a bunch of anthology books that are expensive. I was going to say, like, they're also decreasing their line, and almost mm. all like all of their big books are now two or three dollars more expensive with regular ongoing backups yeah. they're, not the way they're like that. slowly going towards everything that's big being yeah slowly going towards trade slowly going towards like markets, slowly going trade. towards everything being an anthology so if i am enjoying the next batman i have to read i have to pay like eight dollars and read the other books that i'm not interested in or pay for the other books that i'm interested in skip reading so it's 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 consolidating the market in a way that's not inviting to all readers, just it's some readers. Or to Extra most readers. Is, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm, you know, I called, I thought that it was crazy that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be a Marvel movie. So, and I, yeah. I was like, that's yeah. going to be bullshit. Uh, yeah. And I was wrong. I hope I'm wrong here. But my my gut tells me these super expensive anthology issues mm. are going to be a failed experiment. I, I don't think these are going to work. I think, like Lynn uh, kind of hinted at, I think these are about these backups. If they're collected in trades, that them being presented in shorter amounts will be meaningless after you know. Like once they're in a trade, that's where it is. I think that's the impetus behind this decision. Is yeah, but uh, but they won't even get to the, they won't even get to the. So if the, the way that the market works now, the issues are like the issues make money. They get collected. The collection makes money. If they if the issues don't actually moves then they won't right. be republished in any other format that like every piece of it is symbiotic yeah or maybe they're, they're looking for do more... trades just do trades oh, right if they're gonna do issues just do issues don't try and merge the two and um you know push off one or the other you know, audience you know what it feels like uh there was the iphone max and mm. there's an ipad uh, and then yeah. there's an ipad mini yeah <laughs> so after it just a while, like, the market pretty much said we're not doing minis anymore, and they discontinued yeah. them. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I, th things are going to shake out. I really do think that they're going to consolidate, and then one to two years from now, they're going to be like our line is expanding, and then yeah. yeah, everything's going to get separated again. Yeah, yeah. I don't I think that they're going to like you know all the baby baby sad boy YouTubers are just like DC Comics is over. Like, shut up. No, they're, they're just, it's just they're, a, they're, they're messing with trying something out. 
In fact, this yeah. could also be, they're saying like, hey, how could we put out a bunch of ideas real quick to see what hits, both yeah. for the publishing line, but also future other media properties. You know, um, like if some backup really catches people's attention, we could make a, a show about it or whatever, yeah. you know, a proving ground. Yeah, it's probably a lot right. of that. I think it's a, a lot of everything that you've all said mm-hmm. is going into the thinking because they don't I, know what they're doing. All I in know is I don't term, feel great about it right now. And in the short term, too, all these weird books or, or smaller books that we've loved by DC are not going to happen, period. Like, you are not going to see B or C characters getting a miniseries or an extra title. It's just they're. They're not going to make room in their line for it in the short term. It's everything's yeah, it's gonna good. be Batman, everything's gonna be Justice League, everything's gonna be Superman, and that's it. It's the exact same thing that frustrates me about their animation line. Although you said that, yeah. JD, and I thought of you this week when I saw that uh, the Justice Society movie that's coming out. That's yeah, the Justice League. Yeah, but still, like it's it's Wonder Woman and Justice League. It's Justice League adjacent when it comes to like music. What? It's not what? What's coming out? There's a JSA Justice Society Star- animated movie uh, on the way with um What's his name? Matt Bomer is mm-hmm. Jay Garrick, I think, who mm-hmm. does Negative Man's voice and flashbacks mm. in Patrol. Okay. No, that's Alan Tudyk. Yeah, no, Alan Tudyk. Sorry, not, not negative. No, Alan Tudyk is the nowhere. Nowhere man. man. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the guy in the bandages. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. It's it's called JSA World War Two. Like it's just oh. an Elseworlds cartoon. Yeah, okay. I, I, I like animation. I mean, there's just one. One drawing, but it looked cool. Yeah. Wait a minute, real quick, real quick, because I know JD's really got to go. I watched on HBO Max, and thank God I watched it on HBO Max and I didn't <laughs> rent it. The the um, Batman um, uh, Death in the Family. Oh yeah. Oh. You want to talk about <laughs> one of the biggest ripoffs of a, a new movie that they put out there? First of all. It more or less is an anthology because it's one of those movies that's got like three short films with them, right? And the short films are Phantom Stranger, which is kind of like almost like the Spectre one they did before years ago, except it's the Phantom Stranger because um, it, it's also a period piece. Um, Phantom Stranger, Adam Strange, which is kind of cool. It's got a, a kind of a cool quirk to it. Uh, and then there is Death, right? And the death one is kind of is kind of flies like Sandman, Sandman yeah, like death? Sandman's death. Oh, oh, really? So those are interesting, right? But this is all connected to the death in the family, which is the story of the death of Jason Jason Todd, who would then be, come back as the Red Hood. This original quote unquote film is, and I'm going to spoil it because I don't give a fuck. Because if you're going to buy it, you're going to buy it for the backups. This original <laughs> film is Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent sitting in a diner rehashing and going over the Under the Red Hood movie. So much so that besides two or three interstitial scenes, it is literally... Under the Red Hood, the movie, the real honest trailer. That is exactly what this movie is. I was How like, are you, are you dead? Like, like, well, you say, I'm sorry. I, so, 
Is it like full length? Is it as long as their movies it's normally? Probably, it's probably about anywhere between forty-five minutes to close to an uh, hour. Okay. It's them sitting there re rehashing the story. <laughs> now, because they couldn't use all of those same voices, because this is some this is um this is uh 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 Bruce Greenwood, I think that's his name. Um, the yeah. guy who does the voice in Young Justice of Batman, he does the voice of Batman in here. That's not the same person who did Batman in that movie. So yes, that, uh, well, if it is that Batman, when they show the clips, you don't hear his voice. Oh. You don't hear it, the only voice from those clips you hear is the Joker. But hmm. everybody else's voice, Batman, Jason Todd's. Um, Rob Nightwing, you don't hear their voice, but it's those exact same clips. It, they are rehashing that Weird. exact story. So, so this in the family DVD. It was supposed to be interactive storytelling where you like you do choose. He yeah. dies, he doesn't die. You choose. So I was wondering how they were going to like play it on streaming services. Hmm. Um, no, I wonder if that's not different. in here. Yeah, uh, so it sounds like the streaming version is just, we're going to tell you all the what-ifs. <laughs> but it's not, the what ifs. it's not even the what-ifs. It's not even the what-ifs. I'm telling you, it is literally a re... It, like, I didn't even know that aspect of it. This is a rehash of that movie. That is the entire movie. I was like, and at first I thought that they were opening up with that, and I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting because I wondered how they want to do Death in the Family when they kind of already did it in the Under the Red Hood story. So maybe they're rehashing this because this will be like a sequel to that in some type of way. But no, it's not because All the big reveal, the, the big reveal is that he's talking to is that he's talking to Clark Kent. That is literally that the big reveal. And then All that ends. matters is everyone goes back and watches Under the Red Hood, the DC animated movie, because it was one of the best ones. And then you don't just, have to if you've seen this one, because I'll all the it. best parts are here. And John DiMaggio. Just go watch that. Joe yeah. DiMaggio, John DiMaggio is a Joker, yeah. Which I, at the time, I was like, what an odd choice, but intriguing. It is good. Yeah, he did really well. Anyway. Um, this is yeah. a, it, it's... I mean, watch it for if you're interested in any of those other characters. Like I said, the death one is pretty cool. Adam Strange is kind of weird, but in a way, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and the, the Phantom Stranger one is kind of fun because they use analogs for like the Scooby Doo people in uh -huh. it for a little bit. But for the I'm most, yeah, but for the most part, is you you watch it for the death one, which unfortunately is the last one. So you got to go through everything else. To get to I hate it. getting the fast forward button. Man, it's such a drag. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. You can tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex. You can come down to my shop at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. You can help the show out by going to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. Please like, comment, subscribe. Do all that stuff to help our baby YouTube channel out. Brian, where can the people find you? I'm at brianleibdesign.com. Len. Hey, hit me up at every place you find Black Tribbles, at Black Tribbles on all the social media and YouTube. Nice. No. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Mr. Bartocci, B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I, as well as any of the Cold Pop media feeds. Nice. Hey. 
And then join us, Noel uh, and I, usually every week, we'll do a Thunder Round video on the YouTube where we do a 60-second review. So be on the lookout for that. Join us here again this upcoming Sunday at 10.30 a.m. for our comic book review show. And hopefully we're going to get you some more Drunken Gutter Talk hangouts coming coming up soon. All right, guys, we love you so much. Thank you for spending time with us, and we will talk at you later. Ta-da!